Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. We normally don't do political endorsements. But? I had a revelation Mm. as we were driving in tonight. You did. We may move back to the city limits of Chicago. Okay. And I will vote for whichever candidate will give us drivable expressway streets. <laughs> well, add Lakeshore Drive to that, though, too, because we took the Kennedy instead of Lakeshore Drive tonight because we thought the Kennedy would be better than Pothole Central on the drive. And you, Silly us. You cannot blame trucks for the condition of Lakeshore Drive because they're no. not allowed out there. We need to start using a better, better. grade of peanut butter. Amen. Yep. Amen. And enough of this, the lowest bidder gets the job. I've never really understood that. If I'm getting my teeth worked on, I really don't want the very lowest bidder to do that work. Or my heart operated on? Nah, I'm not going for the lowest bidder. Oh, so I'm canceling those appointments? Yes, you are. Okay. (laughs) Hi, kids. Uh, Him and her on the radio. We have a jam-packed show tonight. Yes. Fun show. A lot of fun people. People you know. We're going to talk about computers with the guy that you know oh so well. He's been with us for decades now. He's grown up with us on the radio. Patrick Crispin will the, be joining us a little later. The one and only Patrick Crispin. We'll also get a, uh, an update on uh, some TV celebs and TV news from yep. our friend Jessica Radloff, who wrote the uh, book about the Big Bang Theory. And we will talk to the world's greatest Beatles artist and you say oh, ha, 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 that's impossible no when you see this woman's work it's spooky it looks like yeah the Beatles are going to you th- speak you to think you. it's yeah. photographs but yeah. no yeah she's in Hawaii so she's going to join us to tell us mm-hmm. about life in Hawaii tonight <laughs> but we can't go a, a step further without taking the roll call and we yes. start with the keeper of the big plug he without whom there would not be an us on the radio <laughs> And uh, that would be, last time I checked, uh, you're Dan Long. Hey, Dan. I am. I can confirm that, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And we don't have to put a garbage bag over Dan to stay on the radio like we did two weeks ago when we were on the radio and we had the garbage bag over the equipment and the wind blew the garbage bag and knocked us off the air. Ah, uh, yes. So, I we'll see. Remember that clearly. You're so much better than that, really. <laughs> so how has your week been? Uh, it was pretty nice, pretty yeah. standard. I got no No, no high complaints. points? Any high points? Honestly, the whole thing was a solid seventy, you know, solid seven out of ten, which I'll take oh, yeah. all the time. You know, yeah, that means uh, health was okay. Yeah, work knock was on wood, okay. health good, works yeah. good. Yeah, your checks didn't bounce. No, <laughs> so that's always a good week, right? There's some stuff that was stressing me out at the beginning of the year has been taken care of, so I'm I'm oh, kind good. of just free to keep the plug in the wall. All right. Oh, so so you got the note about the uh, the uh, mafia connections I sent you? Yeah, it's it's okay. a load it, off my it, back. It helped. Good. All right. <laughs> oh golly. Okay. And we're already into March. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, whoa, what happened to the year? I and frankly, 
the way my January, February was, I just as soon start the year with March 1st. So yeah. happy new year. <laughs> Yay, we're here. Over in the newsroom, Ron Brown. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Glad to be back on with you. Good. Well, yeah, we've missed you forever because we've had these late, late starts and you've been home and in bed by that time, uh, right? Uh, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, that Ron and I share a love of rockabilly and I saw you did a Facebook post about the Viva Las Vegas rockabilly festival that's going on uh, in what about a month or so yeah i would love to be able to go to that that would be fantastic yeah. have you ever gone to any of them no i haven't no uh but i'd like to it's on the bucket list maybe maybe we'll go down there together sometime oh i'd love that i need to send you f- some videos of uh our friend Dwayne eddie when Dwayne yeah. played Viva Las Vegas a couple of years ago, and wow. uh, it was just extraordinary. And don't oh, don't we him. have one of these festivals in Wisconsin, someplace in Wisconsin? I think, Ron, you, you might know better maybe than we do. Vegas Isn't there is the some sort one. of a, a rockabilly festival in oh, Wisconsin? Not that I'm no, aware of. No, time out. Our friend in Wisconsin, Dave, would report from vegas he that's would right. go there and give us reports yeah that's, that's how right. it works give me a second i'm getting warmed up i'm getting with this program about midnight <laughs> i'll be firing on all cylinders so hang around okay <laughs> andrew what kind of a week have you had uh it's been it's been a pretty slow week not gonna lie is it a seven are you up i i'd I have to agree with the seven out of ten yeah okay pretty standard week well, good, good. But, but you had a fun Monday. You were hanging out with Lisa Dent. Yes, I was. And I also hopped in in this chair on Friday as well for Lisa. Oh, okay. Cool. Lisa's producer has gone on to warmer climes. Yeah, Curtis is segueing down to Florida. Yeah, he's already there. He moved and he's going to be marketing trains, which is kind of a, a, a childhood He's, he's always have a, had a love yeah. for trains. Yeah, so it's good for him. You know, we need to... Uh, Andrew, let's try and do this. Let's get Curtis on some night. Yeah. Because this is a classic case of somebody's dream kind of falling into their lap. He has always had a love of, of trains, and this just kind of fell into his lap. He's marketing, marketing for... Marketing, yeah, a big company. But radio has always been his dream, too. So. Yeah. But we should do shows on collectibles. Do you collect anything, Dan? Are you a collectible? A collect- you might be a collectible. Are you a collector <laughs> of anything? You know, I wish I was more disciplined uh, as far as that went. But, uh, you know, I mean, I like uh, vinyl. I mean, I look... Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, well, good. And then uh, books and stuff. Like, if I see like an author is in town like somebody mm-hmm. you know like bruce springsteen was in town a couple of years okay. ago doing a book signing so if something like that autograph snatches my attention i'll, I'll jump on that did I you like, go i oh, i did go absolutely and you got his autograph yeah how come well tell us about it how? it was uh i mean those type of things are pretty um crazy they keep there's yeah. a lot of people so they keep yeah. the line moving yeah. and it's yeah. very structured but it was it was cool so i wait i mean it was in november so i waited in line uh, and probably got pneumonia just from it was rainy <laughs> yeah. and cold, and yeah. the line wrapped around multiple city blocks. But they oh. kind of winded you through the store, and then you got in and you got you picked up your copy of the book that was already signed. But mm-hmm. then Bruce was up on like a platform, uh, and then you got up and you shook his hand, and they took a picture for you. Really? And it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh. Do, do you still have the picture? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Bring it in, share it with us. We'll, we'll, we'll post it if you don't is, mind. Is, All right, yeah. Was he on a platform because he's he's little? It, because he's the <laughs> boss. So you would think so, but you also got up on the platform. Oh, okay. So it was still, we, I was thinking, we were still both our respective heights. Did they see people coming up and they go, no, Bruce is actually shorter. Put him on the platform. <laughs> that would be really weird. 
Oh, just, speaking well, of Bruce, I hmm. guess I can uh, hit a high point from this week. I did jump on and I did find some reasonably priced seats for Springsteen and the E Street Band at Wrigley this summer. Good okay. for you. If you don't mind, define reasonably priced in this in this day of average $1,000 per ticket seats. Yeah, I snagged a pair in the the lower section of the grandstand, like the 100 level kind of on the third base side. Uh, of the field uh two tickets i was out of there for under 500 bucks oh. really yeah that is a score i just hope they're real i'm sorry i hate, <laughs> hate to be debbie downer well, i got them from the Cubs, so i hope they're oh, real oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like oh yay for you oh i hope you well never mind a- andrew do you collect anything are you a collector of anything at all anxiety <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> You've mastered that, though, right? Uh, but uh, and I, no, nothing yet. I, I have some stuff I'm interested in, but nothing that I have like the the full knowledge around that I want to actually start yeah. buying and purchasing to collect. Okay. Well, we're we're big collectors. If you came to our house, you'd know that. Yeah. <laughs> As you make your way through the guitars and the teapots and the shoes and the and the vinyl and the vi- oh yes, the vinyl and the books and. We're never moving from there. We're archivists. <laughs> yes. We're collecting so that it's collected. So it's there exactly. for future generations. Someone has to do it. Right, right. Thousands of years from now. <laughs> well, we have a lot of people to introduce you to tonight. In fact, here's a quick question for you guys. What do you think? Hillary Clinton, Martha Stewart, Meghan Markle, Taylor Swift, and yours truly have in common, aside from the fact that we're females and we're over five foot five i know who's coming up so i know the answer to that question so i'm not going to guess all right don't guess just stay with us and we'll be back here on wgn martha stewart megan markle taylor swift and yours truly have something in common aside from the fact that we're females and uh the majority of us are blonde uh steve what do we have in common i would just a wild guess You were all Girl Scouts. Brownies are Girl Scouts. That's right. And Girl Scout cookies went on sale last week. And I thought we should spend a few minutes and talk with our friend Susan Rakes, who's with the Chicago, uh, the Greater Chicago and Northwest Indiana Girl Scouts of America. And um, Susan, hello, she, hello Steve there, and Johnny. Hi. Hey, Susan. And I- I am also a blonde, and I am also a former Girl Scout. You are. So I've been one. Yes, so there I fit in the list. Maybe not with the celebrity, but at least the other two things. Oh, come on now. You have been with the Girl Scouts for how many years, Susan? I've been with the Girl Scouts for 43 years. <gasps> oh, my I've gosh. worked for them for 43 years, and I've been a Girl Scout since I was five. When I've, I'm sorry, since I was seven when I volunteered my mom. Oh. <laughs> be the Girl Scout leader. Yep. Oh, that's wonderful. I had no idea of that many years. Now, what do you do uh, at, with the Girl Scouts now as a director? As a matter of fact, guess what department I work in? I work in the cookie department. Um, <laughs> there are seven of us who work in the cookie department for the Girl Scouts of Greater Chicago and Northwest Indiana. And we do everything from working with the troops directly, working with the girls, working with our baker and making sure that we have all the cookies that everybody needs to sell during our cookie program. Well, that's why we wanted you on the radio tonight, because cookies went on sale last week. But I think there are many people like myself that are saying, Girl Scouts don't come around and knock on our door anymore. Especially post-pandemic. Yeah. So how, yeah. how do we get cookies from Girl Scouts these days? Well, we've had to transition a lot since um, the pandemic. And one of the things you can do now, of course, is to go to gscookiesnow.com. 
And if you press that into the computer, you will see a map that pops up. You can put in your zip code. Troops who are sell- that are selling right in your neighborhood will pop up mm-hmm. along with stores that they will be selling in front of. Oh, good. A lot of people get a little agitated because they go to the jewel where they're supposed to be or the ace or wherever it is, and then they're not there. And the only reason they're not there is because, guess what, they've run out of cookies. So they're probably running back to one of our cookie cupboards to load up their car (laughs) and to get back to that location to sell them. Do you have a garage full of cookies right now? Oh, I I have everything full of cookies. My (laughs) car is disgusting. Uh-oh. It's filled with them, and a lot of offices are filled with them. Oh. Yes, we have tons of cookies. I'm going to ask the obvious question. Which flavor is the best-selling? Oh, always. It has been Thin Mint. Uh, for as long as I can remember, it's always been Thin Mint. And um, actually, the other one that comes in second is usually Samoa's. There really? has only been one state in the United States a couple years that didn't have... Thin Mints is their first cookie, and it was Tagalongs. Hmm. So does anyone want to guess what state that was that had Tagalongs instead of Thin Mints as their favorite? Hawaii. No, it's really weird. It's Michigan. Really? Really? It really is, yeah. Hmm. A state I would not have guessed either. So, yeah, but um, I do believe Thin Mints is beating them out even in Michigan right now. And I have to raise my hand and uh, and ask the obvious for me question. Are there any gluten-free Girl Scout cookies? There are gluten-free Girl Scout cookies. Yay. Ours at uh, Little Brownie, we have Little Brownie cookies at our council, and they're called Toffee-tastic. They're Mm -hmm. gluten-free and even though there's not a pecan in them, they taste to me like pecan sandies that you buy at the store. Mm-hmm. So they're that kind of texture, mm-hmm. they're that kind of flavor, um, but they're really good. And I'll make sure you get a box so you can try them and you can let me know. So they've got little nibs of, of toffee in the, oh, like absolutely. the shortbread cookie. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds yeah. good. Now, and surprisingly, it's a lot of little kids' favorite cookies, too, and they don't even huh. know about the gluten-free part. Oh, that's interesting. Well, cool. And yeah. if you yeah. if you want to stock up on cookies, I, my favorite has historically has been the Thin Mint in the freezer. You know, when you can pull them out of your freezer in July and you have a box of Thin Mints, oh, that's heaven. Wait a minute. Andrew was that's just exactly. nodding his head as you were talking about. Andrew, do you do that too? You agree, Thin Mints. Thin Mints taste best cold. Samoas taste best warm. Oh, uh, look at you, an expert. I love okay. it. I, um, if you go into our office right now, in our Girl Scout offices, you will see a bunch of Thin Mint cookies that are sitting in the freezer just waiting for anybody to grab a sleeve, because isn't that what one serving is, a sleeve at least? At least one sleeve, of course. And I've at always least. maintained, yeah. if you drop your box of cookies and they break, all of the calories fall out. Oh, yeah. Or you can use this oh. rationale. Girl Scouts, it's for a good cause. If you're eating them right. for a good cause, there's then, no calories that involved. It doesn't count. No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love your reasoning, and I'm going to start using that if that's all right with you. Absolutely. So I'm just going to say, Johnny said so. That's so all right. It has to be true. Not, mm-hmm. not, not just this time of the year, but on an annual basis, how many cookies are sold? Well, I want to talk about just our council. Let me just shock you with that number. So mm-hmm. our number, we usually sell 4 million packages of cookies in just our council. Oh. So it's basically a $20 million sale. 
Um, and, you know, it's selling 4 million boxes of cookies at $5 a piece. So, and that's yeah, strictly um, for the Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana, Indiana area. Exactly. That's what wow. council do. And what happens with that money, obviously, is um, the, uh, the girls in our, every council runs a little different. But in our council, um, every girl or box sold, they get 90 cents to a dollar, depending on their age level and what their decisions are. Mm-hmm. They also get rewards, you know, all those little prizes that you remember, Johnny, when mm-hmm. you were a kid mm-hmm. that you got to sell if you got to 100 or if you got to 500 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, the rest of it stays within the, of course, we have to pay for the cookies and our bills, but and the rest of it stays within our local Girl Scouts so that we can keep uh, Girl Scouting going, keep our camps going and our buildings going. So, um, yeah, the sale keeps getting bigger and bigger, and we really appreciate everyone's support. We couldn't do it without everybody. Yeah, awesome. So, again, sales will go on how long now that they've officially started? Uh, we don't want to well, run out of time, so. Yeah. So we started taking orders online back in December, but the kids weren't out. You are right. The kids weren't out until, you know, February. So here we are with about a week left in our area. So on March 13th, we have um, probably 15 to 20 what we call cookie cupboards. Those are at volunteers' houses. Those are at some of our gathering places. So we have different locations where um, troops can come in. Mm-hmm. Get the cookies they need for the sales that they're going to, the booth sales or whatever they're going to be doing. And those officially close on March 13th. Okay. There will still be troops that have cookies that they will be selling throughout the months of March, April, May, even. Mm-hmm. And then we have three loop days. Um, this is the coolest thing. So for about 40 years, or at least as far as I can remember, loop buildings um, in the Chicago Loop area have opened up their lobbies to our Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. So on March 29th, April 4th, and April 6th, our Girl Scouts will be in about 30 buildings on each of those days, and they'll be selling Girl Scout cookies. And the experience is so different than standing in front of a jewel, only because the people who go to the loop are asking them questions about their badges and what they're going to do with their money. So it's a more of an intimate conversation, and the girls get to questions that's cool now is there any place we can get a list of the buildings in the loop um yes i can i'm the one that does that one so i can certainly send that list to you uh, you know what and, let's uh, let's do this again let's have a quick uh, visit again shortly before they start doing the sales in the downtown buildings just to remind people that okay. they'll be there and do All they right, do I they take really credit? Do they take credit cards, or does everybody have to have their five dollars handy? Oh no, no credit cards. Oh okay. yes, most of our troops take credit cards. Oh yes, debit cards. Yes, good, they, good. they are with it for sure. All right. Well, Susan, again, people can go to gscookiesnow.com and put in their zip code and find out. Or next time you're at the grocery store, you'll probably see the girls out there with their table and their cookies, and just do. Do your best to support them. I'm blown away by the numbers sold locally. And, I love that. And also for all your hard work, Susan, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you for having me on. I love you guys, and I will hopefully talk to you very soon. You will. You Thanks. will. Bye-bye, Susan. Thanks a lot, Susan. Yeah, we will have her on again because yeah. I, I think we should uh, get a list, and we'll put it on our blog and yeah. on our WGN webpage so people will know this is the real deal. 
mm-hmm. when when it's happening. So, yep, we've known Susan for a long time. Yes, we have. She's uh, she wears many hats. Many hats. She's also involved with the Buckinghams, which is a good thing. We got a lot going on uh, up next. We're going to talk computers with Patrick Crispin, but the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio, and yes, we are the operators of our pocket calculators or which have now turned into our cell phones yes our our computers in our pocket and we're going to talk computers in the segment of the show Uh, for those of you who've been with us for a while you know every wednesday night for decades we did a show called website wednesday night and we covered some real basic things and sometimes we went off on a tangent and hopefully you learned a thing or two in fact Today on our Facebook page, we got so much response from people saying, oh, wow, I'm so happy that you're going to talk computers tonight because I really feel like I'm at a loss. I used to learn stuff. I could blow my kids away when I'd sit at the breakfast table and tell them things that I'd learned the night before. And I was teaching them, too. Yep. And the guy that's been with us through all these years and all these technology changes is Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC. And as I say, he's been with us for decades. He's literally grown up with us here on the radio. <laughs> right, Patrick? Hey, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Cut your hair back. Cut your hair back. Breaker 1-9. Hello. Hello. Hey, by the way, let me start over again. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now it's official. It, it's really him now. We yes. know that. You know, he hasn't right. been kidnapped. So. <laughs> well, how are you doing tonight? I'm busy, but good. It, yeah. We went up the hill and had a birthday party and uh, had a wonderful time. And now we're back here talking to my favorite people in the world. Well, now tell me this though: when you went up the hill, did you actually get closer to the snow? We were a little closer to the snow. You could see it in the mountains. Uh, when we say up the hill, I live in uh, in in Los Angeles, or certainly in 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 Pasadena, California, and we're surrounded by mountains. And at the high desert, to get up, uh, you take the fifteen, and you end up in Hesperia and Apple Valley. There wasn't any snow there, but there was snow in the mountains going through the Cajon Pass, and it was absolutely beautiful christine took a lot of pictures so we'll make sure to post them on the facebook and And, and hopefully those will be once in a lifetime pictures (laughs) (laughs) i i have never seen weather like this ever in southern california i've been here since 20 or 2001 yeah and there was snow almost down to pasadena we're at about a thousand feet above sea level and it was cold, and you walked outside and you looked around at the, the San Gabriels and the Verdugo, Verdugo Mountains, mm-hmm. and there was snow on those mountains. It's like, that doesn't happen. It looked alpine here for a while. Mm. We're still, there are areas up, up in the high mountains where there have been people who have been snowed in now for 10 to 14 yeah. days. I know we've been hearing that. can't get out. And I, and I believe your governor uh, has declared state of emergency for some of those people, and they're, they're running short on food and everything. I, and, and, and it's like beautiful area, very alpine, but man, can you imagine like no power and no food yeah. for like 14 days? It would be like, mm. uh, yeah. okay. I'm resorting to cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're there alone, that's really tough. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Oh, this conversation has suddenly taken a strange turn. (laughs) Well, um, I I have to ask the obvious question because we're always so concerned about fires out there. Are they saying that this unusual weather and all of this snow will mean that we won't 
be looking at horrifying fires? That the drought will no. be over? No? <laughs> the drought may be over, but what's going to happen is all of this water that's been put in the hills is going to cause a lot of vegetation to grow. The vegetation, oh. when there's no additional rain in the next couple months, is going to dry out really quickly. So come later this summer, we might still have additional fires with now new fuel. So we have that to look forward to. <laughs> oh, wow. And here I was going, yeah. yay, snow. Oh, good. Things will be better come well, spring. Well, good for the for the snowpack because that's where we get our water from so mm-hmm. you know there's there's a lot more water up in the mountains that are just going to melt later on in the spring but we end up still having the problems where there's going to be a lot of new growth that's going to dry out soon i guess i hadn't even thought about the fact that that increases the available water because you guys have been dealing with water restrictions forever right for a very long time. Yeah. So we might actually just be getting out of the drought, but my guess is we'll be dipping our toes back into the drought yeah. in a year or two. Yeah. So yeah. And you'll continue to take five, once in a lifetime. five minute showers yeah. and don't water your grass and all that stuff, right? Just to be I safe. I actually take a little longer than that. It's don't don't admit it. Don't come on. Don't admit it. I mean, you're a tall guy. It takes more than five minutes, right? <laughs> that is true. Six, six. It takes a little. Takes time for the water to reach my feet. <laughs> That's also a weird term we just took. Yes, we're talking with computer expert Patrick Crispin about the length of time he t- spends in the shower. That's a- <laughs> We want to talk about some what some people might consider basics, but I think they do. The topics do affect most of us, and one in particular is the use of Google. And we've had this conversation yeah. off the air over the past few weeks, and I had a, a personal experience. It was an eye opener for me recently because we're coming out to visit you guys in a couple of weeks. I was making hotel reservations, and when I typed in the name of the hotel, the first thing that came up got me excited. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to make these reservations," mm-hmm. and I got to the point where I had put in all my credit card information, and then I happened to see in very very small print it said. Under no circumstances will your money be refunded. I don't care what happens to you. You can beg, borrow, and plead, but you ain't getting your money back if something happens. And I thought, well, that's kind of unusual for a hotel. And then I backed out, and I looked at the top, and I realized that Google had given me a booking service that after researching it, I find out that they're really guilty of taking advantage of people, keeping their money, sometimes not even making the reservations. I Mm -hmm. thought, wow, that was the first thing that popped up when I put in this name, hotel. And it wasn't just a few people that were complaining. This was hundreds, thousands of people complaining. They're saying that this service, this particular thing that popped up first when I Googled the hotel, was a bad, bad service. So we talked off the air about the fact that that's not all that unusual. So, Patrick, we'll take a break and come back, and let's talk a little bit about what people should do just to be safe so they don't end up maybe making reservations with a a fake company or a company that's just not very trustworthy. And um, Absolutely. What are the options other than Google? So stay with us, and we'll get back with Patrick Crispin and Talking Computers. And you can join us at 312-981-7200. You can call us or text us, and we'll try to squeeze in as much as we can. Shoo-bidoo-bop. 
Dubop Dubop, Steve King and Johnny Putman talking about computers with Patrick Crispin, who is the Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC. And you can follow Patrick at Crispin on all the new social media platforms. Yes. And I would assume some of the old social media platforms, Patrick. <laughs> do you still have your MySpace account? No, I got rid of that a long time ago. But I have been on uh, Twitter, I realized, since 2008. So wow. yeah, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. What, what, what was the first social media site that you signed on to? Do you remember? It probably was MySpace many, many years ago. And then I left MySpace to go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then and then all the other ones popped up and I signed up for it. But the ones I really only use right now, I use Facebook really just for friends and family. Um, I use Twitter as sort of public facing. I'm using LinkedIn a lot more, especially now that Twitter has gone just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in trying out the new new social media sites, Mastodon is one. I'm not sure I like it, but I'm testing it. And then post news, post P-O-S-T dot N-E-W-S, which is a really interesting approach to social media. I'm not sure if it has any legs, but I hope it does. And the idea with post news is that it's going to be supposedly a really friendly place for you to get news and discuss news without having to deal with some of the nasty that you find on Instagram or TikTok or especially on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on post too, and like you, I find it interesting, but I'm not sure if it has legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to read a specific story, it costs you X number of points. Uh, and But I am finding that there are still some partisan posts you can find if you scroll yes. through their feed, uh, but it doesn't show up on your page uh, unless you say i really want to follow this or that person it's really kind of sanitized then yeah it is sanitized and allows you to kind of mute things without you being evil and just you know saying okay i'm not interested in that and Mm -hmm. it says okay we won't show that to you again Hmm. do we know who's behind post news uh, yeah, it's, and I wish you, wish you had not asked me that right there. Cause I, I do are, know the guy's Aren't name. they, I thought it was somebody who had just left Twitter or some, or some other social media know, site. It was the, uh, the founder of, uh, Waze. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. The guy, that yeah, did, yeah. The founder of Waze, and I forget the guy's name, I'll yeah. have to look it up, but it's, uh, he's the founder of Waze and he has a whole bunch of venture capitalists, uh, supporting him because obviously this costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it's intriguing. I mean, I think somebody described what's happening with Twitter right now as the as the the twenty third or twenty twenty three version of of the Anatevka problem, where in the movie Fiddler on the Roof, the entire residents of the village of Anatevka were spread to the spread to the wind and said, "We're going to keep in touch," and you know they're never going to keep in touch hmm. again. I think a lot of people are leaving Twitter and just going, "Okay, where are we going to go?" And what used to be a really centralized area for you to get information is now going to be small little villages spread around the world. And a lot of those people leaving Twitter are some of the latest layoffs. Thank you uh, to, yeah. to Elon, Elon Musk, who yeah. said he wasn't going to be letting anymore. I think, what, are there five people left running Twitter these days? Working 24 less hours a day. 2, yeah. It's Le- less than 2,000. Wow. And, that's, and that's worldwide. That's just scary. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, but the thing that, that and, I've, and a couple of people that I follow have pointed this out, is if you're in Silicon Valley, you're looking at that and going, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, because you're realizing, wait a minute, Twitter can lay off how many, like 75% of their people and still keep the business going? Yeah. I, I should easily be able to lay off 10%. That, that's not going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's a terrible message to send, yeah. but it does show that there is a lot of bloat in the recent hiring. Hmm. And what you're seeing are some of the tech companies are laying people off, but if you compare the headcounts prior to the pandemic to where they are now, they're still plus on the number of people they're hired. So they're kind of just callings of people. They're getting rid of some people, but they still have more people now than when they started. Hmm. All right, let's get down to the Google business. And yep. my experience in almost charging to a company that would not give me my money back if something happened and a company that might not even make my reservations. I now, I now find that out. But it was the very first thing that popped up when I Googled the name of this hotel. And in talking to you, you said, well, that's not uncommon because that, that questionable company actually bought that space, yep. correct? And this following sentence is going to be the most painful sentence I've said about technology in a long time, because I've been a Google fanboy for since day one, mm-hmm. since back then when they were at Stanford. Google's broken. It's just broken. And what's happened is there have been so many ads that have been purchased by these search engine optimization companies that when you go search for Google, and go to Google and search for something that you're looking for, chances are you're not going to find what you're looking for. You're going to find some sort of advertisement that says, hey, guess what? This is what I want to try to sell you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see dozens of those on a page. Well, it used to be, okay, I would go to Google and I'd search and I'd have like, I knew that the top three were completely and totally ads. I just ignored those, and I found what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. It's now where you keep scrolling, and it's just ad after ad after ad. And what happened in your case was that some company decided that they were going to buy the name of the hotel and the link for Pasadena and that hotel. Mm-hmm. And when you search Google for the name of that hotel in Pasadena, it showed that link first. And it made you think that this was the hotel in Pasadena. And by the way, if you scroll down even further, mm-hmm. the next two or three were companies that actually yep. paid you to be a middleman to get you to go to them. This isn't just with with the, the travel industry. This is in the restaurant in- industry as yes, well. Yes. You try to go buy food today at a restaurant. Say I'm interested in Omega. Um, I think that was the name of that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, I forget where it is. I think it's in Niles. Niles, or, you're yep. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a hey, 24-hour a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so I do a search for Omega My, in Niles. I may or may not get Omega Restaurant in Niles. I might get somebody who says, yes, I'm Omega in Niles, and I click on it, and it's a middleman uh-huh. who's trying to jack up the prices. And then I go pay them, and then they contact the Omega restaurant and actually pay, place the order. Wow. It's to the point now where I really don't use Google for search anymore. If I'm searching for things right now, I'm usually doing it on Reddit. 
Yeah. Because there's not a lot of ads over on Reddit. There are people who are actually human beings. Yes, there are bots there, too. But there are people there who are human beings. And if I'm looking for something, opinions or reviews or information like that, I'll go to Reddit to find it. If I know a particular company, I'm going to type in the web address. I'm just going to guess the web address mm-hmm. um, and hope that it's right. So for hotels, I no longer search for the name of the hotel in the city. Mm-hmm. I might go to you know, google.com slash travel, and that then allows me to do a search for a whole bunch of different places. Or I can do one of the Expedia group sites. Mm-hmm. Um, this, by the way, will scare you for a minute. You might sit there and say, well, you can just go to Hotels.com. Well, the problem is Hotels.com is owned by the same company that owns Verbo and Travelocity and Hotwire and oh. Orbitz and Cheap Tickets and Expedia Cruises and Wolf and Trivago is all the same company. Oh, my gosh. So my recommendation is go to the hotel. Just mm-hmm. you know, yeah. go to the hotel website. Yeah. If the name brand hotel, go to Hilton.com or Sheraton.com and well, book it there. I finally, I finally got a phone number and, and called and said, is this your website? Because I was so freaked out by the fact that I almost mm-hmm. charged to a company that was so questionable. Yeah, And, and these days, uh, if I'm searching, a lot of times I'm using DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, Patrick, and there are fewer ads over there. You use Bing and, as well. And, and the good thing about DuckDuckGo is they don't track you. Okay. So yeah. you're not going to get ads based on what you've been looking for, right? Because right. they're not right. tracking Correct. you. And, and when you use Bing, it's also a search engine? And Bing, it, Bing is a search engine, although, and this is something we can talk about when we get back, Bing's trying to be more, and man, is it exciting. I, I'm interested in what they're doing with the AI. They're yes. doing a version of OpenAI's ChatGPT built into Bing that removes some of the limits that you would get on ChatGPT. And I, I really honestly think everybody who's listening to this, now is the time to, one, get yourself a free ChatGPT account. And two, I can't believe I'm saying this, Get it signed up for Bing and get on the wait list to use the AI. And this is one of the once you see it's free. Th- yeah. This is one of the true signs of the apocalypse that uh, that we are recommending Microsoft sites. <laughs> is, We're recommending Bing. Bing has been a joke of a web browser. <laughs> yes. and, or a search engine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a yeah. break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King. And what's your name? Johnny Putman. And the radio station is WGN. And this tune is about 20 years old. Yep. Maybe older than that. And these guys were cutting edge, you know, singing about computers then. (laughs) And Andrew, what did you just say? This song is the textbook definition of the word art. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No argument from me. Well, we are talking computer stuff with uh, Patrick Crispin. He's the Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC. And you can reach him at Crispin on the new social media platforms. And, uh, Patrick, just before we jump to a caller, we're talking about uh, some of the the various social media platforms and uh, search engines and things like that. And the thought pops in my head, how much do you think, particularly with what's going on with Twitter right now, how much do you think Twitter regrets their decision to shut down Google Plus? (laughs) 
Well, I think it was Google who shut down Google Plus. I, I, you know, honestly, Google tends to completely start a project, project, and when it takes traction, it kills it. So I'm not really thinking that they're looking in the past. I think that they're most of their focus right now is on Google Lambda and their AI. I think they're really regretting not shipping something sooner, especially with the attention that ChatGPT has gotten since it came out at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And the amount of money that has been poured into the company behind ChatGPT, which is you know probably going to be close to $10 billion. Um, yeah, and the hope is that this is going to be a multi-trillion dollar business. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, this is... We're, this is an interesting time. It's an exciting time to be in technology. And that's the reason why I recommend, I recommend it before we go to the break. Everybody should test ChatGPT to see what it is, test it out. Just remember, the big thing about all of these is it's generative AI. And what I mean by that is it's creating something new based on what you type or ask it to do. It's not necessarily accurate. Um, Mike Solomon at, at, out at Hearst actually came up with a great suggestion, which was, this is really just spicy autocomplete. And, and what it does is... <laughs> I love that. Write, I, I love the phrase. Um, and the idea is it tries to, tries, to write a, tries to write a sentence and then a paragraph mm-hmm. that sounds good and sounds believable and sounds plausible, but... There's no agency going on inside of this machine where it's saying, I want to be free or I'm going to tell you the truth or I'm going to lie to you. It doesn't know. It's just a computer program. And what it tries to do is put together sentences and paragraphs that sound good but are sometimes garbage and just lies or just wrong. But as long as you know that, as long as you go into this going, well, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt the size of Nebraska, Mm -hmm. it's still a great way for you to ideate, to create outlines, to come up with writing prompts, to come up with different ways to analyze, to evaluate, to create, recognizing that it's just going to be a tool that you're going to use. One of the biggest fears I've heard a lot of people, especially in media, say is, are we going to be replaced by AI? And the honest answer is no. No one is going to be replaced by AI. What's going to happen is a person using AI is going to replace a person who isn't using AI. Hmm. So as long as you're comfortable using this tool as a productivity tool to give you ideas, but knowing that you're still going to be driving and you're going to be making decisions, I think it's I think it's really important for you to know what is out there and know the limitations, know the strengths, know the weaknesses, and and test it out. And because um, that's you... why I recommend ChatGPT and I recommend Bing. the The new Bing is fantastic. Sorry for interrupting, uh, but but what it does is it removes the two big barriers that are in ChatGPT. ChatGPT doesn't know anything from 2022 onwards. Hmm. Bing search knows everything current chappy gpt doesn't search the web bing ai does and if you can take those two together you can sit there and say hey can you go and read this journal article for me and give me a summary of it or can you watch this video for me and give me a summary of it it's like okay what did they forget to ask or talk about in this video what are some things that i can create 
based on the, based on what happened here. Oh, wait a minute. I don't like what you said on three. Can you fix that? It, it's really sort of an opportunity for you to go back and forth with a tool to it's not a search engine and it's not really a chat bot, even though we pretend it's a chat bot. It's an assistant. It really is Clippy. It's Microsoft Clippy, but supposedly an iterative process with you going back and forth with a computer that's going to hopefully give you some new ideas. And the you, way I describe it at USC is it's it's a muse, but just be aware your muse lies. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you did just say something I wanted you to say, that even though you're asking it questions, you're asking for information, it is not a search engine. ChatGPT does not, not go out on the Internet right. and get answers to your questions. So this is yeah. not going to replace your Google. And during the news break, I was able to sign up for my ChatGPT account. Cool. So we'll be playing with it on the show to see how it works. Um, I won't do it tonight. i got to get to know it. But um, it was super <laughs> simple, as you said, Pat. Now, we've got a bunch of questions coming in at 312-981-7200, and we have a gentleman that's hanging on the line to talk with you, and that would be Eric. And Eric, you're on with Patrick Crispin on WGN. Good evening. Hi, Eric. Steve and Johnny, how are you? Grand. Good. good. Thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chicago. Okay. What can we help you with? All right. So I got a couple of questions. I'm going to start here because you had mentioned Google, and I'm talking to you from Google Voice. Mm-hmm. And Google Voice is a voicemail thing where you know, mm-hmm. you can call. It's connected to your phone, and you can call different numbers like you guys yep. using Google, yep. and it doesn't charge your phone company. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the question that I have for you guys, for Patrick, was three quick questions. One, what do you know about Victor Stream 3? Victor Stream 3 is a Victor Reader stream where you can read audiobooks mm-hmm. for the blind. Mm-hmm. So I wish you guys would do stuff on that as far as technology stuff for the blind. Okay, okay. Let, let me pause you there. Patrick, what do you know about it? Uh, it's from a company called Humanware, and it is yep. a really nice, albeit expensive, screen reader. Or, uh, reader. Um, the thing that for people who are listening, uh, this doesn't have a screen it's actually tactile buttons on the front of it and it and on the side and, and on both sides. And it's an opportunity for you. I think it has like up to 32 gigabytes of storage that you can have on it. You can download MP3s. You can download audiobooks and all the standard audiobook formats. Um, and then plug in your headphones and walk around with it. Everything that I've seen from, from the people who are using it are, they've all said the same thing. It's expensive. It's worth it. It's really, really good. I've read some things that their quality of the product has slipped over the last couple of years because, again, it's made in China. Um, but it's a really good product. So even even if you get one, and you'll probably get it from Amazon, um, if there's a problem with it, you can return it and get a new one, get a new one and just uh, swap it out. So okay. highly recommended for people who are blind and need some sort of, of media player fantastic platform and eric you had another question yes what do you know about blind square which is something where you um basically if you're walking and it'll tell you like you're coming up to a you're coming up to a door or you're coming up to a a, like mcdonald's burger king so like you're taking a walk and it tells you when you get to like different areas like if you're going to um i love this and 
I heard to download it is forty one dollars and something just to download it. And then to <laughs> it's forty. Yeah, thirty nine something. Is that yep. right? <laughs> well, it depends on what, it depends on what device you're using it on. Uh, it's forty. It's thirty nine ninety nine on the uh, iOS. It. Oh. The thing is, um, the thing that I, 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 I'm wondering is. We're starting to see a lot more assistive, assistive technology built into, especially the iPhone. And before you go in and, and download this, and I think this is from a company called Mipsoft, um, and pay them the 39 bucks, check with your Apple store, because Apple really has done some amazing things with accessibility, and especially with your ability to hold up the phone and have it say, okay, and read signs for you out loud. Uh, Microsoft has actually done this as well in, I forget the name of the program, um, but Microsoft has this built into some of those, some of their programs as well. But check with your Apple store to see, to see about accessibility and also check with the Chicago Lighthouse because I guarantee you they can give you some suggestions on this. Okay. okay, what do you? One last thing. What do you know about Sam, the blind guy? Because that's who I've been listening to. That's been putting up these tutorials on all this that I'd asked you about. Because um, he's been doing demonstrations on that. Like his last demonstration was these glasses. These were I forget what they were from. What the name of the company was? But they were seventy nine bucks. They're regular sunglasses. They're audible glasses, and you can. Listen to podcasts and books through <laughs> the glasses. And his, uh, he's known as Sam the Blind Guy? Sam the Blind Guy. Right? Actually, it's, have a web- the guy, I think the guy's name is Sam Seavey, S-E-A-V-E-Y. Okay, I didn't know the last um, name. And, and um, he has a bunch of websites and a couple uh, YouTube videos. I have not seen his videos, but um, from what I've seen from just the links, I haven't watched them. Um, people seem to, to really like the content that he's putting out there. And, and the more people out there who are in the blind community creating content for other blind users, we're all for that. I mm-hmm. mean, accessibility is probably one of the most important things that we can be focusing on. Well, Eric, thanks for calling. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Patrick Crispin on WGN. We're talking computer stuff with Patrick Crispin. Patrick is the Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine of USC. You can get to him at Crispin on all the social media sites. Try MySpace just for the heck of it, just to see what happens. But, uh, well, there, there I is, killed it a long time ago. Yeah. There is a, you know what? Uh, we had a, a gentleman that had a question about AOL and wanted to know if he was the only person in the world still paying for AOL. And I was stunned to oh, read. Do not, never, ever, ever pay for AOL. You don't have to. But, but I'm going to uh, jump in and say... Pay attention to some of the changes AOL is making. Patrick, I don't know if you've paid attention to what AOL is doing. They're, they've made some really nice changes. We have tons of email accounts, and AOL is still one of them. And I like what they're doing right now. And They're still trying to be relevant. I will also tell you, and this is also to the, to the caller, I noticed tonight that I am still paying for a DVD.com account. Oh, what? <laughs> In other words, Net, Netflix, remember, Netflix allows you to do streaming, but you can get DVDs. Yes. And I recognize, I, I've been paying this now, I've been paying $20 a month. <gasps> and the okay. DVDs that I have had out 
I have had out since, let me see what I got here. March 13th, 2017. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, just you should probably take a look at all the accounts that are automatically recurring. That's for you true. I think I think I paid fifteen hundred dollars now for three. <laughs> Actually, that, that's a really good point. We should pause on for a second. What's the easiest way for anybody to take a look at all of the stuff that they still have out there? Yeah. All the accounts, all of the whether it's websites or subscriptions or what? Because there's probably a ton of stuff. I just discovered there's there is one uh, account that we're still paying for that I think we're just going to get rid of. Uh, but the, the point is, what's the best way for you to do a, a quick look and say, here's everything? There are some services you can pay to do it, but the easiest way right now, if you want to save money, you can just look at your bank statements. You check your yeah. bank statements yep. and your credit card statements and just go through it line by line yep. and see if there are any recurring charges or annual charges that show up and say, Am I still using this service and cancel it? I, the DVD.com, I, you know, I might actually start using it again now that I realize I'm paying for it. There are some movies that you cannot get on streaming that are only available on DVD. But that's but. an awful lot of money, man. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. We have a theme with our textures tonight yeah. at 312 Different callers, 773-708-630-312, and they all kind of are asking the same thing. Can Patrick give an updated list of recommendations we should be running on a regular basis? The other question is... In the, for, for what we used to call the Fab Five. Yes, followed by the other question from 773, you used to talk about the weekly Fab Five. What replaces that today for computer maintenance? And can you please ask the professor, how do we keep our computers clean and running well? So basically all this under the same umbrella. So how would you answer that, Patrick? Honestly, we a long time ago had five things we you used to make you do, and one of them was defrag your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, nowadays, it's really just running Microsoft Windows Update um, or you know, making sure you've updated your, your, your Mac. Um, I would make sure that you have backed up your content on your hard drive. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last time I was on the air, the idea of three, two, one. You want to have three copies of your data, the original and then two backups. The two, the two that you want to have is you want to have one on your computer, one someplace else on another drive in your house. It could be an external hard drive. You could burn it to a CD if you still have a CD or a DVD player. And then one, you need to have completely offline. You need to do some sort of online backup. I use Backblaze, but there's Mosey, there's Carbonite. All those tools are really important. But the thing is, you really need to back up your data. Last thing I would recommend is restart your computer. And that's about it. As long as you are updating your operating system, making sure you're updating your some of the programs you use as well, and you have backed up your computer data and restart your computer, you're pretty much good to go nowadays. Mm-hmm. The computer, the stuff we used to have to do in the back in the back end, where you'd have to defrag your computer, you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a solid state drive. 
Um, and the antivirus that you're running automatically is updating, and especially if you're running Microsoft Windows and have Windows Security. Windows Security is already built into into Windows 10 and 11, and good enough for most people. When you do Windows Update and Microsoft Update, it automatically updates that as well. You're there, golden. That's about it. Th- there is one program that I uh, use on a regular basis, and I don't know that we've ever talked about it, it's Patch My PC Updater. Basically, you run it, and it just goes through your computer and says, okay, there's a new version of Firefox, there's a new version mm-hmm. of Google, there's a new version of whatever. Now, you can either have it do the updates or then say, oh, I guess I should update Firefox and do it on Firefox or do it on Google or whatever. Uh, but that that's something that I do on a weekly basis. Well, along with... Go ahead. Yeah, the old Bellark Advisor used to do that. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh gosh, just B E L A R C. I thought the Bellark Advisor was merely a here's everything that, that is, is on your computer, computer yes. as opposed to saying yep. uh, here, well, here's the new the updates. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let me sneak in one more because the listener wants to know if I'm doing everything on my phone, do I need to be worried about some form of protection on my phone? Some program. It depends on if you're an iOS or um, an Android. Mm -hmm. Androids, yeah, maybe. Um, There are antivirus programs for Android. Uh, For the iOS, not so much because it's it's a really locked down system. The big mm-hmm. thing, the difference is between uh, iOS and Android. iOS, you're paying all the extra money because you want to get a system that's completely closed down so that you are in this really controlled ecosystem. On the Android, you're getting a better price for a phone, but in return, you are giving up control of basically your data is going to be sold. You're going to be tracked as you go on the internet Mm -hmm. and you have to be aware of that and just take some extra precautions. Even though you, you have an iOS or an, or an Android phone, you still need to be careful what you're doing. You don't want to be going to bad sites and doing bad things. But as long as you, as long as you practice, you know, safe surf, I think you're going to be okay. Let me add one other thing that I do on a fairly regular basis, and uh, this is one of those that we had talked about years ago, and I've still found it to be kind of relevant, uh, Super Anti-Spyware. It is a free program, and you just run it every whenever you feel like running it, and it says, okay, here's the stuff that could be spying on you. Do you want to get rid of this? And you say, yeah. Hmm. So I think the, re- I think the reality is that Windows Security does this for you already. So a lot of the tools that we used to recommend years ago where you, know, you needed those because it just wasn't built into Windows. Right. Microsoft finally woke up and said, you know what? We probably need to put an antivirus in Windows. We probably need to do an anti-wallware system. We probably need to have a pretty good firewall tool. Let's just give it away for free. And the only reason that I, I do this is because even after I've run the Microsoft uh, clean the computer and uh, check for, for grins, everything. you do the other. Then I do this, and just about every time it finds some stuff, and I figure, what well, can't hurt to get this yeah. stuff out there, too. Yep. Well, Patrick, well, as always, the time goes by way too fast. Uh, we need to con you into doing this a little more often, I think, because we still have people hanging on the line and texts coming in. Uh, Thank you, as always, uh, for sharing your your time and your expertise. And all I ask is that you hug your baby for me, okay? 
when he heard that you guys were coming out, he's heard, he's listening on the radio. He squealed. He goes, "It's coming soon! It's coming soon!" <laughs> <laughs> and the countdown is on in our house. So, <laughs> thank you, Patrick. We'll talk to you soon. Cool. Good night. Thanks, Thank Patrick. And that was a, just a little hello to yes, Joseph from, from right. Donald Duck. Uh, okay, we uh, more coming up. We're going to introduce you into the world's greatest Beatles artists, so stay with us. News next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Thank you for spending your Saturday night slash Sunday morning with us. We appreciate it. And for those of you that are wondering, yes, we're live. We are. This, this is not Memorex. We are live. He pinched me during the news, and I am alive. Well, here, here's proof that we're not live. Can we go back to playing computer love again? <laughs> <laughs> we may have to, to revisit that in a little bit, too. It's Gabe in our newsroom tonight. We have a woman we want to introduce you to. And since you've been at your computer... Because we were doing our computer segment last hour, I'm going to suggest right now you point your browser to artistshannon.com. That's artistshannon.com, just like it sounds. Yes, and we want to introduce you to the Shannon behind that page. And I'm going to go back about a month or so ago Mm -hmm. when we had our friend Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick on, and we were talking about this humongous guitar called Gigantar that was being shipped across the United States to wind up in Joliet at the Illinois Rock Rock Hall, right Mm -hmm. on the outside of the building. It is now there. The installation is there. It is incredible to look at. And at the time, we we were talking about the the woman who put it all together, Shannon McDonald, and we were wondering how the heck, who, how, huh, what, the, who? And that's how we first met Shannon, a friend of, of Rick Nielsen's and an amazing artist. You will f- be freaked out by the stuff that she's doing. She happens to be in Maui now because she had a big gallery opening last night. Shannon, how are you tonight? I am doing great. How are you guys Good, doing? good. How's it been going with your gallery show? With the uh, It's the Bill Wyland Gallery, is that correct? That's correct. That's uh, Bill Wyland Galleries on Front Street in Maui. And the, the opening was great last night. Lots of people. Things were really uh, movers and shakers going on here. Uh-huh. It's such a beautiful place. And now I'm here for... The next couple of days, uh, I painted live last night. I painted uh, part of a Paul McCartney painting, and I'm doing more today, and I'll be doing more on it. So people can actually come in off the streets and watch me create one of my, uh, well, what I do for part of my living is my beetle paintings. And, and when you go to Shannon's website, artistshannon.com, you will see pictures what looks like pictures of the beetles but they're actually paintings and i have to ask you how the heck did you develop this incredible ability i mean i don't know uh, that i've ever seen paintings that are so realistic that look like photographs like they're going to speak yeah well they're if they call it hyper realism um and it just i i think uh like my buddy Rick was saying, um, he always says, uh, I'm talented enough to do it, and I'm crazy enough to do it. He always <laughs> yeah. tells people that. <laughs> yep. But I think it's just over the years, knowing the Beatles and loving them, 
and, and other other people as well. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, it's not just Beatles that I do, but um, I'm most recognized for the Beatles, and I just I just stay at it and get the detail. I just keep. You know, I don't stop until it feels like it's uh, that photograph look, mm-hmm. which was really what got me involved in the Beatle game anyway, because when I was doing a show in uh, um, Connecticut years ago, back in 94, way back in the 1900s, mm-hmm. um, I was doing this show, and uh, two gentlemen came up to my area and were looking at my paintings, and they were one of them said to the other uh, they, something about being gobsmacked, <laughs> which, of course, in America, we would never know what that meant, <laughs> which means it's a good thing. Yeah. It's like a big surprise. And it turned out it was the gentleman that uh, two gentlemen that worked and one worked at the Cavern Club and the other one, Billy Heckle, owned the Cavern Club. So they had said to me they were just blown away at the work, gobsmacked, of course, and they said, uh, we'll be in touch with you because Mm -hmm. we think we have something for you. And it wasn't until four years, almost almost four years later, that they had called me and explained um, a little bit in detail, not too much detail, but enough to get me uh, excited. And they said, we want to bring you to Liverpool and uh, when you get here, we'll tell you the rest of the story. And before I knew it, I was on a plane heading to Liverpool, which for, you know, a, a, someone young at the time and, and Beatle land. I mean, that's Liverpool, you mm-hmm. know, being a, such a big Beatle fan. And I, uh, I got there and they said to me, the reason we wanted you to come over is because we're doing a Beatles hotel. We've gotten permission from the Beatles to do a hotel in Liverpool. Um, and we need a painting in each one, each room. And you fit the bill for it because your paintings look like photographs. So you can come up with ideas that aren't photographs that look like they were actually in that scenario. And that's, how everything started for me in the Beatle world, mm-hmm. uh, just by those being at a simple little show in in uh, Connecticut and having these gentlemen come up. And since then, I've worked with them. Well, since 1998 was when I actually started working with them. And you are today considered the world's finest Beatles artist. And right, they gave me the title when I went over there. That's when they they sent me over to the Lord Mayor of Liverpool. Hmm. And uh, between the ca- between Cavern City Tours and the Lord Mayor of Liverpool, I received the title "The World's Greatest Beatles Artist," which uh, was amazing to me. I just never expected any of that to happen when I went over. Big life changing, uh, big game changer for me, actually. And Shannon has a book coming out. We're going to tell you a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about how Gigantar made its way to Joliet, Illinois. And while we take a break, we want you to go to your computer or on your phone, and you've got to check out artistshannon.com. And you'll see what we're talking about and why she's considered the best Beatles artist in the whole wide world. Stay with us on WGN. We are talking to Shannon McDonald, who is the woman behind the construction of Gigantar, and I always felt if Gigantar started playing, that is exactly how Gigantar would sound. But Shannon, that was actually you playing that, wasn't it? That was, and it's funny because I was listening to it, and I was like, 
wow, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me stay with Gigantire for a second, because sure. uh, we've had so many people asking, how long did it take? I mean, all, all the questions you can imagine. How long did it take? Uh, how did you construct it? And I mean, that's talk about a massive artistic project. Good heavens, woman. That, that was incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, well, it's the biggest sculpture that I've ever done in my life. And uh, it kind of grew from the first time that I spoke to uh, Ron from the the uh, uh, um, the museum, and uh, I think we started at it talking like 17 feet, and then it went to 20 feet, and then it went to 24 feet, and it just, you know, it it became gigantor on its own, basically, and we had started talking about this pre-COVID, and we were getting ready for it back then, and then, of course, like many people, we had to put it on the back burner. So when we got back involved with it again, it took a good, um, and and this was quick. It was probably four months that it took to build it, which was lightning fast when yeah. it comes to this kind of stuff. But we did have a deadline that we had to stick to. So, um, you know, between cutting aluminum, because it's all aluminum, the mm-hmm. whole thing, and it mm-hmm. weighs about... I think it was what well, we found out it was capped out at around 1,700 pounds. <laughs> and uh, that was the biggest um, thing. Once it was built, once we had put it together, welded it, did everything we needed to do, sanded it down to get it perfection for paint, it had to be put on uh, a set of dollies to actually move it in and out of the spray booth, <laughs> um, retape it, bring it back into the spray booth. You would commented that you saw me on a a 12-foot ladder Mm -hmm. hanging over this thing. And you're right. It was huge. And it was like I was literally that picture that you see of me painting, my head was almost touching the ceiling of this very Mm huge spray booth. (laughs) So it was, and and it was quite exhausting because you figure you have the spray gun in your hand. There's a giant hose hanging off the spray gun. And then that it's filled with at least a quart of paint and you're holding that thing out there and you're basically painting away. And so you have to refill the canister again, but it's uh, yes, it was quite a feat for sure. Um, Yeah. It took about to answer your question about four months. I can't believe that. Very, very long hours. Yeah. I just cannot believe four months. And the other thing that I have to wrap my mind around is how do you step back and look at your, your, your progress when it's that big? It's like, do you go across the street so you can better get a feel of what it looks like? Well, what we did was, um, like I said, with it being on dollies, it was, we built it in this big warehouse. And when I say we, mm-hmm. of course, there was a team of, I couldn't move that thing around by myself. Oh, you so couldn't? I, I kind of overlooked everything. I did help with the sanding and, you know, the nitty gritty work that was done. I was right in there with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially near the end when they, you know, do the sanding and refinishing and, and, and it was a big warehouse, so we. you're right. You have to pull something out every once in a while, pull it out of the spray mm-hmm. booth, pull the tape off that you just did, have a look at it. And because it was such a big warehouse, it was kind of like, you know, you had to step back. Mm-hmm. Look how the wood grain was going on the guitar. Make sure, because if you look at it, 
both sides are duplicate, except one is a left-handed guitar, one mm-hmm. is a right-handed guitar, because we wanted to please both people, because yeah. the lefties always get kind of like pushed to the side. So we wanted mm-hmm. to please everybody. <laughs> and But that wood grain had to match pretty close on both sides. You didn't want it to be one to be a little bit more detailed than the other, same color on both sides. So mm-hmm. a lot of stepping back. For sure. Well, I I have to ask you possibly the most important question of all. Once it's done and it's hanging, steel strings or flat wound? <laughs> That's a great question because uh, they're they're actually um, they might be semi. They might be very semi semi strings, but they are huge. As we've heard, yeah. big strings, huge strings. Well, you know, um, but and, and it was to, uh, if you look at them, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, the strings, they're all different sizes. And they were. People think that we would have, you know, I didn't want to take any shortcuts. Right. So instead of putting six strings on there that were the same size, we actually got cable that uh, were um, stainless steel cable that worked in um Basically, just like you would set up a real guitar from thick to thin. That is so but d- cool. D- in a way, doesn't that really kind of define your life as an artist? From what I've seen of your paintings and Gigantar and some of the guitars that you've designed and other things, you're all about the details, aren't you? I am. That's uh, it's built into me somehow. And, and i got to be honest with you, it's... It's a blessing and a curse at the same time, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like, when do you step away? When do you let it go? i got to be honest with you. You know, I, knowing me the way I am, I could have probably worked on Gigantor for another six months, you know, just on the details. But that's the whole thing. You have to, um, the hardest part about the things that I do is not actually doing it, but knowing when to release, when to let go. And, and move on to the next job. And that's always tough, too, letting something go, because you are so connected in the artistic part of personality that, you know, within the guitar or any other sculpture or painting, it's really tough to say goodbye to these pieces when they're done, because they're such a part of me. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to release it, and not even get, Gigantar was done so, I mean, the time frame was so delicate that it was, uh, I got it done, finished. I didn't even have time to sit down and pour myself a glass of wine and look at it. Hmm. It was just like, it's done. It's got to get on the truck. Now it's got to move across five states to get to Joliet. So it was very, by the time we did the lighting ceremony in Joliet, it was almost like, that night, it was like, okay, breathe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm going to give you the, the the best compliment I can give you. What you just said about knowing when to stop, there's one other person we've ever interviewed that told us that they also had a problem with knowing when to stop. We were very fortunate to have Les Paul as a dear friend. And he told us once he had developed the multiple recordings and all of the things he was able to do, he said it became a problem knowing when to stop. stop. 
Yeah. Well, that is a, a wonderful compliment. Thank you. Well, you have another project coming up, and before we run out of time, you have to tell us about the book, The Beatles and More. Do you have a target date for it? I mean, are we going to be able to get our hands on it? I'm hoping to have it ready to go. Uh, it's been a long time coming, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is ready to go by midsummer, where we can start the tour um, it really should be by then because we have Christmas around the corner. And what I'm learning, because I'm not a book person, this will be my first one, is you, you need that dynamic before the Christmas time mm-hmm. happens, or you have to basically wait another year. So that's what we're shooting for, probably around midsummer. And this will be your artwork, your Beatles work, and will you include some of the other things like Elvis? Some of your guitars and some other things? Yes. As a matter of fact, it will be about 75% artwork. And it will, that's why it says and more. There'll be uh, uh, probably about 50% Beatles and then other stuff. But there's also, it's going to be chock full of great stories from how I got involved with the Beatles, what was the first song that I heard that made me, a, you know, a, a, the local Beatle maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all fun. They're all tongue-in-cheek stories that uh, um, they don't get into some any kind of... It's just all light. It's mm-hmm. very light. It's very happy. Um, I've tested the stories out on people online, and they really love the stories as well. So I think it's going to be quite an entertaining book. I'm hoping for it. And I'm, I can't wait to get out on the road and mm-hmm. and meet people and other Beatle people and talk to them about uh, what inspired me and everything else, you know? Well, c- can we kind of put the arm on you right now? And when the book comes out and you're doing the tour, if you wind up in Chicago, can we get you in the studio with us? Absolutely. I would love that. We would love it, too. I am so blown away by your artwork, and i got to tell you, one of my favorite things that you've done is your Marilyn Monroe Van Halen piece. Yes. I love oh, that. Oh, thank you. That's a, new, that's a pretty new oh, one, as a matter of fact. It's just stunning. It looks like Marilyn is going to speak to you, and she's holding Van Halen's guitar, which is just so cool. You, yeah, and people say to me, what is the influence of that? And uh-huh. It's very personal. I love Eddie. <laughs> Yeah. Very much. I mean, who doesn't? Eddie right. was amazing. And I love Marilyn. And it just, see, I saw her with a picture with a, a stringed instrument, and I was like, you know what? How cool would it be to, and I thought about it since Eddie passed, mm-hmm. and then I finally got the time to really put the time into it to do it. And uh, it's fun. It even has the cigarette at the end yeah. of... Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, it has been a a thrill to meet you, and I hope this is the first of many, many conversations. And I know our listeners are going to be absolutely blown away when they go to uh, artistshannon.com. And thank you for your time. Shannon, this has been a treat. Let's do this again. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. You guys take care of yourself. You too. Enjoy Hawaii. Bye-bye now. Stay with us. More coming up on WGN. It all started with a Big Bang. Yep. That's a theme song from our favorite TV show, The Big Bang Theory. And uh, back in October, we had the good fortune to talk to uh, the woman who 
has written what I consider to be the Bible on the Big Bang. It's everything you would ever want to know about the television show. And the book, uh, we talked to her actually just before the book was released. And it went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. It's The Big Bang Theory, the definitive inside story of the epic hit series. And the author is Jessica Radloff. Jessica, good evening. Hi, Johnny, and hi, Steve. It's so great to be back with you both, and I get so excited to hear that theme song. I I love it when you play it at the start. It's so fun. Isn't it weird that even after all the time that, that all of us have heard that song and have watched that series, anytime we're tuning around, if the Big Bang Theory is on... We're going to stay with it. Yeah, always. And we've seen every show. We know all the lines, but there's something about that show that is so unique. It truly is. And I just, that's, you know, it's so much fun, even now, even though the show's been off the air for over three years, is to find people that are such big fans of the show. And you just start talking to them. And I'll never forget when I was doing the book tour, Sydney Sweeney, who has just had such an incredible year, like with Euphoria and The White Lotus. She is obsessed with the Big Bang Theory. And she had said to me, she was like, can you send me the book? And I was like, can I send you the book, please? I'd be more than happy to send you the book. So it's so fun to hear all these people whose lives it touched. And it just meant so much. And I, I love that. Well, as the West Coast editor at Glamour, you you cover all things entertainment. So I'm going to tie these two things together. Two of the cast members from Big Bang have gone on to do other things. Kaylee Cuoco has done that incredible The Flight Attendant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is haunting. She is so darn good in that it's 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 amazing and the other character the other character bernadette from the big bang (laughs) the other actress has gone on to do a reprise of night court Court. yes which which uh just landed with huge ratings hasn't it already been signed on for season two it already was picked up for season two the ratings were unheard of Um, you just don't get those kinds of numbers anymore. And it was really spectacular um, what it was able to do. And, you know, part of me wasn't surprised because I was like, of course, it's Melissa Roush and it's John Larroquette and it's a show that people loved. And, you know, so I wasn't surprised. But at the same time, with all the choices out there nowadays and the streaming options, you're still looking at those numbers like, oh, my gosh, this is really phenomenal. So, I mean, Melissa's the nicest person you could ever meet so i was so happy for her that it has been the huge success that it has because Mm -hmm. she deserves it all but also that that show walks such a fine line between being a a new show b paying tribute to the show that came before and just walking that fine line that that ain't easy to do and she has really pulled it off so much so. I, I don't know if you saw the last episode that aired this past Tuesday with yes. Kate Ford who, mm-hmm. from Murphy Brown, who came on and played her mother. And they had such great tie-ins to, you know, Abby Stone's real name because Harry was a, he was a magician. And it just was so wonderful. And they've really found some really fun ways to tie it in. And they know they have more surprises down the line and everything. So, yeah, it's really fun. And then you hear that theme song come on, and it's just so great, you know? And by the way, somewhere up in Faith Ford's attic is a really <laughs> ugly picture because she's stunning. 
And how many years I has mean, it been since? I was Googling her and I said, okay, she was in her 20s when she was on Murphy Brown, but dang, this woman looked fabulous. And she does not look like she's had any facial work at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I have to say, like, we're, you know, we're such big believers um, in this industry that, you know, it's so important to do what makes anybody feel good about themselves mm-hmm. and, and look great. But it's also, you know, I personally love when I see actors who, you know, everybody gets older, like mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know, but still look great, but also just really embracing the fact that, you know, we're getting older and it's a privilege to yep. age mm-hmm. and to get older. So yep. it's nice to see that. And it was just great to see her on on screen again, um, you know, in, in such a really wonderful, rich role. And we should mention, too, uh, with Night Court, Melissa Roush is not only the star of this show, but she and her husband are the people that are responsible for this becoming a show. Is that right? Yes, that is so true. She is an executive producer, and it was her idea. Like, she grew up on these sitcoms in the 80s, and mm. and she loved it, and it's part of what inspired her to go into comedy. So, you know, she was the one that really wanted to to bring this show back to NBC and to all the fans. And she got John Larroquette to come back on board. And then she realized, you know, if he's going to do it, then I want to do it. And he wanted her to do it. And so, yeah, we owe all of this to to Melissa and to her husband, Winston, as well, because they're the reasons that Night Court is back on our screens every week. I mean, she's the one that did it. And I just, I love that she has such an affinity for these classic sitcoms and especially the multi-cam because, you know, we've gotten away from that over the years with the single cam, which is great. You know, single cam is wonderful, but also there's so many classic shows that, you know, multi-cam gave us. And there's only, and for those that may not know, multi-cam is usually three cameras, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to a single cam, which is just one, like Modern Family is was or Young Sheldon is, you know, so it's a different type of muscle that you're using. And um, and it's just fun to see. She's doing great with it. I, I'm very excited to see more episodes as the first season continues. Just a little bit of TV minutiae. Am I correct? Was I Love Lucy the first multicam TV show? I believe it was, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay, there's your assignment. <laughs> and, <laughs> and find out. Big Bang Theory holds the record for being the longest-running multicam TV show, correct? It is. It, Big Bang, at 279 episodes, wow. is the longest-running multi live-action multicam um, in the history of TV series. And I love that it holds that record so much so that often, like I was a little afraid, Oh my gosh, what if the Goldbergs, um, you know, <laughs> were to, to like get that, you know, like go past that. Cause they're mm-hmm. in season 10, but they're ending this year. Cause I just think like, gosh, that's something that you just don't get anymore. And it's so spectacular to achieve that. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's really cool. Yeah, by the way, this, episodes. By the way, this just in from the voice in my ear, Andrew, our producer, who says, Andrew? I Love Lucy was indeed the first uh, multicam sitcom. 
Well, okay. there you go. There you go. There you go. You could take that to a bar. It won't get you <laughs> there anything. There you go. Yeah. So, so my and work here is done. Longest running one. That's right. Yes. Um, I love that. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, let me ask. This, that is great trivia. We talk about her, uh, Melissa Roush, bringing back Night Court. She was a fan of the original. If they said to you, Jessica Radloff, if, is there any show that you would like to see revisited? What was like an absolute favorite show of yours when you were growing up? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it's so funny because I loved Full House growing up. Oh, um, yeah. And they rebooted it with Fuller House. Now, after the first episode of Fuller House, I was like, okay, I love that. I think I'm okay now. I didn't, like, (laughs) the rest of it, it wasn't the same, you know? Um, So my thing is, I just wish some of these classic 80s shows would be more available on certain streaming sites. To watch them over and over again. I don't need them rebooted. I just want to have access to them. Like, who's the boss? You know, like, that's not a show that you can find on a streaming service. You know, one of the main ones that we watched are like, I grew up as a kid watching this show. I think I watched it on PBS, I want to say, called um, Today's Special, which was mm-hmm. a Canadian kids show. And you can't find that anywhere unless you find old clips on YouTube. So I would just love to be able to see those old shows again on mm-hmm. a streaming site now and just see reunions with the cast as they are. Because it is, you know, unless you're Melissa Roush and you're, you know, doing it right, mm-hmm. like it is so tricky to bring back oh, an a- old show like amen. that. It's scary. It's scary yeah in fact uh, before is there a show you guys would like to well see before we take that? a break i'll tell you here was my nightmarish experience i lived and breathed the dark shadows i ran home every day to see that half hour show and oh, i love that god bless steve he bought me the entire the entire yep. library for a christmas present several dark years shadows. ago and I put the first That's tape amazing. on, and I went, "Ew, it's terrible!" Oh, look, you can see the microphones hanging down. Her wig is crooked. What, what did I ever like about this show? And I don't think we ever oh. cracked open any more tapes after that first one. It was so depressing. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. And, oh and, my and gosh, I love that. I would add one. This wasn't from when I was growing up. This would be of a more recent vintage. Yeah, but a show okay. that oh. Boy, do I wish that CBS had been a little more patient with it. Do you remember Frank's Place? Oh, yes. Oh, with Tim no, Reed. Oh, oh, my Tim gosh. Reed. Because he was a blip on the radar, and it was yeah. brilliant. It was smart. Tim Reed was fantastic. It, it, every week you thought, oh, this is good comedy. Okay, since we got the first uh, answer, now, Jessica, this is your next homework assignment. <laughs> Look up Frank's Place. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back and talking TV with Jessica Radloff. She got to see Carol Burnett last week. We're going to get some lowdown on that, too, right here on WGN. 57 channels, and I think there's a lot on oh, right now. In fact... He's never been more wrong. I will throw out, and uh, we're joined by Jessica Radloff, the uh, author of the, uh, the book of uh, The Big Bang Theory, which is a wonderful book. But, Jessica, I'm curious... One of our yes. favorite new shows, and we just stumbled on this. Initially, I was a little iffy. Are we going to watch the pilot or not? And after about 15 minutes into it, okay. we were absolutely loved it. And the show is on Sunday nights. The company. 
The company you keep. The you company keep. you keep with Milo Ventimiglia. Oh. Wow. If yes. the, let me tell you, Jessica, I have a theory. If it was on cable, it would melt my TV because it just about yeah. does that on over-the-air TV. Talk about chemistry. Hello. Ooh. Dang. Uh, um, so true. By the way, I have to tell you, during the little commercial break just now, I was looking up Frank's Place. Oh. And TV Guide ranked at number three on its list of 60 shows that were canceled too soon. Yeah. But Amen. it only aired for 22 episodes, which yep. is why I was not aware of this back yep. in 1987. Yep. Okay, that, that, your your next assignment is <laughs> like okay, but we we want to talk about the company you keep yes, now. That's yes. No, uh, that's but I was going to say I was going to say your next assignment is to binge watch Frank's Place. Yes, twenty two episodes. You can work that out. No, uh, you saw the pilot. You, uh, yeah. oh, I I describe it uh, the last well the first two episodes we've watched because it's only two episodes. Oh. Uh, I can't wait for right. Sunday night. Yep. And this is a rare yep. case of I don't like to. Um, time shift i like to watch it on sunday night and right. it's a little bit james bond oh he uh-huh. could he could play, play james, james bond, bond. Yeah. wow absolutely he is so good and i'm gonna tell you this because i agree with you i got my parents onto the company you keep milo is fantastic in the show also the supporting cast william fickner yes. and yes. um you know the whole the whole cast um Sarah, I'm forgetting her last name at the moment, yes. who plays Milo's sister on the show. They were William and Sarah were both in Prison Break, which was mm-hmm. a fun little piece of trivia. But last fall, I was telling the readers at Glamour that my favorite new comedy of the year was Reboot on Hulu. Speaking of reboots, it was called Reboot on Hulu. And it was this all-star cast with Judy Greer and Keegan-Michael oh, yeah. Key and Rachel Bloom and Paul Reiser. It was my favorite new show of this, of the season of the year. And then Hulu canceled it. Mm-hmm. And I was so bummed. And I'm like trying to tell people now, like, please don't sleep on some of these great shows. Yeah. And the company you keep is doing well. But I'm like, people, we need to start talking about it. Because yep. the chemistry that Michael and Catherine have on the show is so good. And it's just so fun and entertaining. It's like a throwback to those shows, I feel, in the 80s and 90s, where it was just a great, like, Sunday night show that you looked forward to. And there, it, it's just like... A fun, you know, way to spend your evening before the work week. Yeah. And it's great acting, great stories, and that's what, all you need. And, and this is one of the few shows where I wouldn't change a single cast it's, member. It exactly. is perfectly cast. It is perfectly cast. Yeah. And it's not yeah. a cliche. It's not like, oh, well, yeah, it, it, it kind of is reminiscent of good shows from the 80s. No, it's it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's yep. really, really smart. And the other yeah. show that I we are over the moon, and I've got to find out how you feel about Ghost. You know what's so funny is that I have watched Ghost a little bit. I haven't <gasps> gotten into it oh. too much, but I know that people love it so much. I mean, there's just so much out there to I watch. I know. But that's it's why such I, a great that's, ensemble. That's really why I is. said that Bruce Springsteen was so wrong when he said 57 channels and nothing on. <laughs> there's not enough time. To watch no, all there the is good not stuff. enough time. I mean, I've been watching screeners tonight for shows that are coming out later this spring, and it's like, oh my gosh, like I could just spend my days watching television and never leaving the house, and I still wouldn't get through with everything. Yep, yep. Now, I mentioned that you were seen wearing this adorable outfit, and you were at a, um, I, I guess it was a taping of a Carol Burnett show? Yes. So, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about this because we're technically embargoed yeah. uh, until April, but I, I can spill a little bit. So 
in 2012, that was where I first met Carol Burnett, and I almost cried because it's Carol Burnett. Um, and she was at Betty White's 90th birthday party because NBC decided to throw Betty White a 90th birthday party celebration. And at Betty White's birthday party, I got to meet and interview everybody from Mary Tyler Moore to mm. Valerie Harper to Ed Asner to Carol Burnett. I mean, it was just one of those nights that your head was spinning at all of these legends. So when they announced NBC that they were going to kind of do the same for Carol Burnett, she's turning 90 this year. So they were going to throw her a 90th birthday party. I was like, I have to go to this. I have to be there. I have to see everybody. Um, So I went and I was on the red carpet this week. It will air on NBC on, um, I believe, April. It might be later in April. It is definitely April, but it's later in April that this is airing on NBC. And it's not as much a birthday party for Carol Burnett, although that is the reason they decided to do it. It's more of a variety show Mm -hmm. in the vein of some of her greatest career moments. Mm -hmm. So you had... Everybody that is still living that played a part in Carol's career there for this mm. exceptional evening, like Julie Andrews, Vicki Lawrence, oh. Bernadette Peters, Cher. Oh. Um, it, it is just magnificent. Speaking of Melissa Roush, she was there as well that night. Um, she shares a really sweet, heartfelt story about Carol. Um, so it was just like a full circle moment for me to get to see her again. Uh, we had featured her in glamour Carol, uh, and I think it was like 2016, I want to say, and she was so delightful and it was so wonderful to see her again, as well as Julie. Um, and I haven't said this, I haven't posted this on Instagram yet, but I did get to meet an interview share that night, which was just the wildest oh, thing I, I could have ever imagined. Yes. And there's photos and I can't wait to post them once oh, the embargo God. lifts, but it was just, I mean, all of those les- legends, I mean, Susan Lucci was there too. And oh that was incredible because my God, I loved all my children and yes. Erica Kane. So, you know, and of course, Carol Burnett guest starred on all my children. That's right. It was just so neat. I cannot wait to see this on NBC next month. It is going to be such an all-star celebration of this iconic woman. And, you know, I said to her, I said, Carol, which sounds so funny to be like, Carol, you know, like we're best (laughs) friends or something. I said, um, I said, what did you think when NBC said they wanted to throw you a birthday party? And she said, oh, I was thrilled. She goes, but it's not really as much a birthday party as it is a variety show where she gets to just be an audience member. She'll still be on stage, but also be an audience member and get to watch all these amazing people pay tribute to her and the iconic characters that she's played and the shows she's been a part of. So that's going to be really cool next month. I'm going to share my first Carol Burnett moment with you. Okay, tell me. This was, uh, oh, I don't know how. I was a mini kid. And there was uh, a comedian slash uh, kind of talk show host named Gary Moore. Yeah. And, and on one of his shows, he introduced Carol Burnett. And I remember that specific show and thinking, wow, she's going to be around. I want to see more of her. Which is And I believe it was her first uh, network yeah. appearance. 
because she, she wasn't um she was attractive but she wasn't like a head turner she wasn't oh, yeah. like a woo look at that she had nothing she, but talent she was just all talent exactly yeah yeah yeah, wow. yeah. and well, i used to say like when i saw her again this is my third i believe it was my third time um talking to carol she just has such a classiness about her yeah. she looked so great and just so like full of life and you know you you just there's still such a, a pizzazz to her mm-hmm. um and i just thought like gosh like may we all be as lucky as people like carol and yeah. betty to have this kind of life and still be energized by things and, you know that's that's yeah. really the secret and do what you love yeah yeah jessica uh we're getting close to news, but before we get there, I'm going to turn on the blatant plug light. Uh, what haven't we mentioned uh, in your <laughs> life that we should mention? What's going on in my life? Is that what you're saying? Well, the, just, we, just any the blatant book, plugs. The Glamour book is available. Of the book. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out where to take a vacation after the Big Bang book. That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. But um, but yeah, no. Hopefully, actually, they. I hope that there's going to be some fun news announced soon. Um, I can't say anything yet, but I I hope next time that um, I get lucky enough to come on your show that I can tell you that. But yeah, the Big Bang book is um, has only been out about four months now, and it's it's doing really well, and I'm I'm just so thankful. So if anybody loved the show that's listening out there, um, I think you'll really the whole cast reunited for this book, and they they really went there. So it was it was such a joy, and I'm so glad that you guys love it and have been so yeah. receptive, and I just love talking to you both. Well, thank and, you. And you'd tell us more, but you'd have to kill us, and I hate when that happens. <laughs> so No, you have the news to get to. That's, That's I right. I can't interfere with the news. Oh, <laughs> it's such a pleasure talking to you. You're such a joy, and thank you for your time tonight. And we're going to tap into you right around that Carol Burnett show so we can talk about it, too, on the radio. Thanks, Jessica. I, can't, I will spill it all. All Thanks, right. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Stay with us. Uh, news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Boy, has the night flown by. I guess. But I, I'd like to take a, a quick second. Uh, this is from the partly personal file. Uh, Gabe, if I can go back to, I believe it was the last story you had in your last newscast. It had to do with the uh, state of Illinois and uh, hepatitis, I believe. <clears throat> And what was the – I was walking down the hall, and I didn't catch all of it, but it had to do with the state of Illinois and some new initiative about hepatitis. Right. So uh, spokesperson Mike Laffey says that uh, they're putting together a coalition, the ID, uh, Illinois Department of Public Health, that is. They're putting together a coalition to come up with new strategies to, you know uh, – you know, to come combat against the rising number of uh, hepatitis B and key, uh, B and C cases, excuse me, here in the state of Illinois, and as as we know that, you know, anybody who has it, you know, it can can lead to a lot of you know terrible illnesses. Obviously, you know, liver cancer is a a, a main consequence of that, and uh, the state basically what they want to do is essentially, you know, try to find a way to, you know, reduce the number of cases in the state. So, mm-hmm. um, matter of fact, you know, I'll play that audio for you one more time. This okay. is uh, sure. this is IDPH spokesperson Mike Laffey. Clinicians, okay. academic researchers, and our community partners. And what we want to do is prevent people from get, getting hepatitis and, and also treat those who have hepatitis. Hmm. Interesting story. And, and I will explain, because I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Gabe. Uh, this is a uh, partly personal Mm -hmm. Uh, my autoimmune system is 
cattywampus. Uh, that's why I have to be on a gluten-free diet because I have uh, uh, celiac sprue, which is an autoimmune disease. And a year after I got that, it led to me getting and still having and dealing with autoimmune hepatitis. Oh, wow. Which has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. And You're, it's not contagious. No, it is not contagious. Uh, in a nutshell, my uh, autoimmune system is cattywampus, and my body decided that my liver was a foreign object, and it was going to kill my liver. And I came this close to a liver transplant. But fortunately, due to some very good doctors at Northwestern Memorial here, and to my uh, incredibly wonderful live-in blonde nurse, uh, I'm still here to tell the tale. And, and I mention it not to say poor me, but just to say this is great that they're going to be spending mm-hmm. some time focusing on it and trying to learn more about it. And, right. and also to say because there are tons of people on on Facebook and other platforms that are dealing with this. You can live with it. You can live and you can function normally. You just have to follow your doctor's orders and pay attention to things. But one of the problems with autoimmune hepatitis, AI hepatitis, is the ignorance. Mm -hmm. The fact that we know people that we are in support groups with end up at the hospital and have someone say to them, as though they have hepatitis B or C, that they're contagious, and they're dealing with yeah. medical professionals who don't yep. even realize that autoimmune hepatitis is not hepatitis B or C. Yeah. And uh, the story that Gabe had uh, led me to to uh, uh, more details on this, and the numbers are stunning. And in 2020, the data showed a total of 388 confirmed cases of hepatitis B and 2,873 confirmed cases of hepatitis C. You know, I think also part of the problem, too, is that, you know, especially during the COVID pandemic, I think uh, yeah. I think uh, hepatitis has kind of fall, fallen by the wayside to some yeah. degree. So we can't, yep. we can't forget about that. I mean, obviously, I mean, COVID obviously has its own serious issues, but, you know, um, you know, as I read in my story, you know, hepatitis is one of the leading causes for liver transplants. And, sure. yeah. you know, not only is it a problem here in Illinois, it's a problem, you know, pretty much all over the world, basically. Basically, so mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's good to see that you know there is somebody trying to do something to try to help, but uh, definitely, but definitely, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of fallen by the wayside. But you know, we shouldn't forget about how serious, uh, especially uh, hepatitis B and C are. You're absolutely right, and um, the good thing is they've got a lot of money that's going to go into this. So they say that they'll also be educating people so that yes. you don't get so far into the disease that it becomes a death sentence that you do realize what the symptoms are and well and, and i talk about educating people i will tell yeah. a tale that i have never told on the air before years ago when i first was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis and we'd never heard of it Robert Feeder came out with an item in his column that I had hepatitis. There were several people at this radio station who panicked and who thought they couldn't get close to me. Or that they had been close to you and that, oh my God, they must be in danger now i don't know that that robert has ever forgiven me from it for the midnight phone call because we got an early edition of the, of the paper we saw what he printed and i called him at home and said hold it 
you've got our home phone number. You should have called me if you were going to mm-hmm. to print this. And uh, I explained to him what the situation was, that this was autoimmune hepatitis, not hepatitis A, B, or C, not contagious. And the next day, he printed a retraction. Mm-hmm. But literally, when when that paper came out, there were people at the radio station who thought, oh, why, why are they here? We, we can't get around them. But again, no one had ever heard of it. Yeah. And it was a learning experience for us. And you were off the air for five months. Mm-hmm. I was off the air with you. And uh, for those five months, I think a whole lot of people have learned, what? There's another form. There's yeah. A, B, C, and there's AI. Yeah. So uh, the upside of having a radio show a radio show where we really have shared our lives for almost 40 years now. Again, it, not, not, not when we talk about medical stuff, it is never to say no, poor us. It it's is to, to educate. Exactly. Because how many times have we heard from people that said, oh my gosh, I'd never heard of celiac disease. Mm-hmm. I never heard of autoimmune hepatitis. And my doctor doesn't want to test my child for celiac, for celiac disease, disease, to which our response is, get a new doctor yeah. now. And we, and we have documentation. We have letters from people that said that they would walk the floor with their babies as they were listening mm-hmm. to us on the radio, and they couldn't get help for their babies because they were told, oh, well, they, they'll outgrow this. In the meantime, the child was not growing. Mm-hmm. Their growth was stunted, and they had little... Uh, uh, bellies and yet they were skin and yeah. bones and and hear you on the radio go to the doctor and in two cases we know for a fact they had to go to other doctors to be mm-hmm. tested and find out that their baby was celiac and oh let's change the baby's diet and the baby thrives yep. and grows yep. and now is not dying of malnutrition because yep. that's really what happens when you have celiac disease so yeah, when we bring these things up when we're sharing this part of our life it is in an effort to hopefully educate and um, say, you know, if you have any questions, we've done a lot of research. Yeah. Because and, we, and we don't have all the answers. No. But in most cases, as good as they are, your doctor probably doesn't have all the answers either. This is not just your doctor's responsibility, whatever the, the, the thing yeah. is you're dealing with. It's half your responsibility. Right. Right. So that is good news. Um, this, this whole, we're going to be hearing more about it. In fact, maybe we'll get somebody on from the, the group that's going to head up the coalition. Yeah. And talk more about, you know, what, what they hope to do. Andrew, there's your assignment for this coming week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, gee, thanks. Wow. Uh, okay. We got a lot more coming up. So stay with us at WGN. That's Andrew B., whose two loves are music and food. Right, Andrew? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. In fact, you, you need to start doing a blog, Andrew B's Music and Food blog. Yes. Well, you that are, may or may not be in the works already. <laughs> you are a foodie, though, right? I mean, you're you're wide open to trying new foods, and I, I describe uh, I describe myself as the poor man's foodie, which means I'm a foodie, but I am a poor man. So <laughs> sure, yeah, I understand that. We have to take you sometime. Yes. To a new restaurant that we discovered just this past Thursday night. We were out in Munster, Indiana to celebrate my brother Lee's birthday. And Lee's favorite restaurant is a place, favorite new restaurant is a place we'd never been to. It's called Rosebud and it's in Munster. It is a wonderful place. It was we the had best a terrific time. Spinach I've ever eaten in my life. Um, 
the chef uh, uses garlic brilliantly. I mean, it. I had a chopped salad with grilled chicken. Uh, and I had the the grilled chicken uh, with a little yeah. bit of garlic on Your it. Your brother and, had the filet, and he said they do the filet like no restaurant has done for him. He likes it rare, but not rare, rare, mm-hmm. but not quite medium rare. And there's a name for it. And when he asked them for it, they right away, they knew exactly what he wanted. And uh, he just raved about how wonderful it was. And your side dishes are for the whole table. So yeah. when you order mashed potatoes, it's enough for the table. And you order the spinach, and it's enough for the table. And uh, it, it was really, it was spectacular. And we had a terrific oh, waitress. waitress. Her name was Ebony. Ebony. The restaurant's been there for about three, maybe four months now. And just last week, there was an announcement that Wheeling... We'll be opening a Rosebud yeah. restaurant, uh, and Wheeling is exploding with their restaurant choices. Yeah. It's amazing the things that are popping up there. And while we were uh, out at Rosebud, uh, we ran into uh, the man who now owns the radio station that I started out at, uh, Jim Didlow, uh, who owns a WJOB in Hammond, which is where where I started out in in broadcasting back in nineteen sixty back in nineteen sixty six. He's doing some great things with that yeah. radio station. He's keeping it alive. He's keeping it local. Um, they they know how important their local sports yeah. um, is and are to that community. And so he he sees to it that the radio station offers the local sports. He's doing great stuff. And it's not easy to keep a small radio station afloat mm-hmm. these days. But he's doing it. So it was nice to run into him. Yeah. And in, in fact, if you follow us on Facebook, you can see a picture from uh, Thursday night's uh, get-together at Rosebud. And with our guest tonight, we told you you needed to check out Shannon McDonald's website and look at this woman's artwork. It will leave you gobsmacked. Honestly, that is the operative word. And we have the link up there for you to click on it so you can check out some of her artwork. It's just absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, you can communicate with us that way. It's us. We don't have people doing that for us. You communicate with us. We get a lot of private messages from folks. Uh, People were asking over the past week, uh, did we think we were going to bring back One Hit Wonders? We've given some serious thought to yeah. that. That was. And, and I'm just going to put it out there. Wayne Jansen, if you're listening, we've been calling you and... <laughs> we can't get a hold of you. We can't get a hold of you, so... <laughs> I wonder if Wayne knows how to check his voicemail. I think he probably... My brother Lee, I love him to death. He is the worst at checking and listening to his voicemail. Yeah. But I should mention, blatant plug yes. for next week... Lee is going to be joining us. He will. Because we're going to be talking about Oscars, and when I think about movies, honestly, not just because he is my brother, there is no one whose opinion I respect more when it comes to movies than Lee. Yeah. Because he has, since he was a mini kid. He's watched every movie that's nominated for an Oscar. It just blows me away. And he has a a very active blog, and he's been blogging about these movies so he could save you time so you don't have to watch a movie if you appreciate his opinions. And uh, he's going to join us and talk about what his predictions are for the Oscars on the next night. And next week is when we change the clocks, too. Next week is when we spring ahead, right? Isn't that right? I, I think it is, yeah. Next so next week when we wrap up at two, it'll be three. It'll be three. Oh. Yeah. 
But if we're around here in November, is it or is it October? Yeah, I guess it's November. October. <laughs> we'll get that hour back then. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to do something. Oh, go ahead. Uh, because that old man voice that I did, it reminded me of something that I need to remember to do. Mm. And I thought I might as well do it <laughs> in oh, really? the middle of the show. Okay. Is that okay? Sure. Go okay. ahead. You may remember a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Karen Morris on with us. She is uh, with the radio station that we uh, uh, we hang out at when we're in Florida. And uh, she does a show. And she wanted me to do an old man voice for her. So, Andrew, I'm going to do a couple old man voice things. And if uh, if you can edit them at some point and give it to me and I'll get them to, to Karen – um, she wanted me to say, <clears throat> what did they say? Okay, here's take two. What did they say? <laughs> and the other thing she wanted me to do was, get off my lawn. <laughs> take two. Get off my lawn. I don't know if you can edit the laugh out of that or not. She's gonna I'll be, see what I can do. She's going to be doing a feature on uh, words that young people use, and she wanted this old guy to, to chime in. Karen is one of the people that we introduced you to uh, from the Panhandle. Yes. Just one of those people you should know. And she has two preteens, and she yeah. has two 20-something uh, children, and she says sometimes they speak to me, and it's like a foreign language, and I'm only in my 30s. And she said, well, I guess she's got to be, oh, my goodness, she looks great for her age. she got a 20-something? I guess she's in her 40s. I would never guess that. No. But she says they speak to me, and I think it's like a foreign language. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take this to the radio show. I'm going to bring some of these <laughs> words that they use, and I'm going to educate the masses on this language so they won't feel so ignorant. Because she says, I just look at my kids like, what? What are you saying? <laughs> and she said, preteens speak differently than the 20-somethings do. So this is the time of the show where we get to some of the things that we haven't uh, gotten yes, to yet. Yes. And by the way, you can always text us or call us at 312-981-7200. That number again, 312-981-7200. And one of the things that we wanted to, uh, we had said last week, we try to revisit it this week, the new stuff going on at uh, Terminal 5. Yes, yes. At O'Hare. I'm surprised there wasn't more talk about that. If you fly into Terminal 5, which is southwest, terminal right. along with I think it's southwest and, and Delta, Delta, I believe. Yeah. Uh, now, when you fly in, you cannot walk out with your luggage and take a ride share. You can't get your Uber. You can't get your Lyft from that terminal. You have to take the train and go to Terminal 2 to the uh, departure of Terminal 2, and that's where your ride will pick you up. Now, if you take a cab or if you take a limo, you can step out yeah. of Terminal 5, and they can be waiting for you, or you can just grab one of them, but you can't take ride share. But it was interesting. And, when we flew in last week, we were talking with some of the attendants at uh, O'Hare, and they weren't aware of this, but this yeah. went into effect, I think, last Monday, Monday. Last Monday. If anybody was at the airport and flew in uh, to Midway, or, or excuse me, to O'Hare, or if you work up there, and you've got something to say about this we said we really want to talk to people who do ride share if you're an uber driver or a lyft driver i mean how was it explained to you how come, or was it explained yeah. to you and, and what was your experience right 312-981-7200 more coming up after we break for news you can get to us 
a number of ways. 312-981-7200 for a text or talk. If you want to check out our Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And it's J-O-H-N-N-I-E. And you can check out our blog. Go to uh, steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And we should mention a couple things coming up. We mentioned that uh, next week, by the way, next week we start at uh, 9.30. And among the things we're going to be doing next week, we mentioned that uh, my brother Lee, who has uh, uh, been uh, paying attention to movies for a long, 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 long time. And in fact, if you read his book, yeah, I'm doing lots of blatant plugs, but he's a great writer, and boy, does he know stuff about movies. The book is called Safe Inside, but Lee's going to be joining us with his uh, Oscars Academy Award predictions next week. He'll be joining us when he returns from the opera. Yes. yes. Also, we're going to be talking with uh, Monica Ng and David Hammond. You may not know them, but they have a fascinating book out called Made in Chicago, and it's 30 Foods Indigenous to Chicago. Yes. So, Andrew, foodie that you are, you're going to want to pay attention. <laughs> I saw that on the list and I was already excited. Do you know what Malort is? I've had, I'm a bartender, I've had many shots of Malort. Of course you are, yes, because that's considered a Chicago thing. Yeah, I, I, I one time went back to, because I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, I went back to a bar there and I'm, I just decided to ask and see, like, do you have any Malort? And they go, What? Really? And I went, got you, never mind. So it yep. really is a Chicago thing. Yeah. And and what, you you take the shot of Malort with a beer? You can, I think, it's called the Chicago Handshake. It's usually oh, an old yes. style and yeah. a Malort. Um But I've, at this point with a, a lot of bartenders, they just be ordering Malort. Really? Yeah. In a shot glass or yep. on the rocks? No? Usually just a, just a shot. Because you might taste it more if it's on the rocks, isn't it? <laughs> You're going to taste it either way. Uh, one time I I accidentally, uh, it, I was bartending, accidentally uh, poured someone Malort and Red Bull um, instead, of Malort, uh, instead of uh, Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> and it was dark, so I couldn't see. But she didn't come back, and I didn't hear any complaints later. So uh, a few months ago, I decided, let me just try it to see if it's any good. Maybe it's really good, and I didn't know. No, all you just taste is Malort. <laughs> okay. That just gives me a shiver. But she now, didn't come back. I know. So what does that mean? <laughs> oh, Today, the 5th of March, is abs... It's hard for me to say. Absinthe? Is, abs- that, is that the abs- word? Absinthe? Oh, absinthe, yeah. Yes. D- does anyone serve that in a bar? There, I think... In the United States, we have absinthe, but it's not what it is. It's not the absinthe that that that, that legends have told about. Yeah. I think those are overseas. I think, but I'm not even sure that's entirely true. I, I mean, um, I guess there are people who became creative because they yep. indulged in the hardest word in the world for me to say: absinthe. absinthe. No, that's not the hardest word in the world for me to say. Yeah, the the hardest word. <laughs> the gardens in the Bible. Yeah, the, there is a uh, a, <laughs> a florist, nurse, a, a nursery. nursery on the north side, <laughs> around uh, Clark and uh, Hollywood. Yes, <laughs> and I can't say it. I don't know how to say it. It's Gethsemane. Come again, Gethsemane. It's it's the gar- Gethsemane? 
Look at you showing off. You're just saying it. Gethsemane. Gethsemane. G-E-T-H. Get some... Death. <laughs> death. It's it kind of like get some money, only not. That's how you tried to... We had a commercial that yeah. we had to read for them, remember? Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, no, you have to read it. I can't do it. I would freeze when I'd mm-hmm. get to that word. There are just some words. There's got to be a word. Oh, you, oh yeah. Get some money. Get, get, get some me. Get, see? It gets to you. It gets in my head, and then I just have a mental block. An absolute, and I do this for a living. This I'm a professional broadcaster. I know how to say these things, she said, lying. I'm going to bail you out and go to the phones because uh, Laura has been nice enough to uh, check in with us. Hey, Laura, how you doing? Great, Steve and Johnny. I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you. Well, thank you. What can we help you with? Well, uh, I'm rather confused, okay. <laughs> as the airports always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in December, I came in to O'Hare back home, and the gate, the place where you pick up your luggage, I believe we were on the basement floor, mm-hmm. the place where you pick up the luggage, that yeah. was where the taxis right. and everything were going. Right. And yeah, I was that... taking Uber, so they said I had to go to a different building so are are they changing that building, or are they just well, well, I don't well, know where we go now. Okay, well, first of all, let me ask you, what airline did you fly? Because as I understand it, the new rules only affect Terminal 5, and I believe that's only Southwest and Delta. And international. And international flights. Right. So do you fly either of those uh, airlines? No, I uh, took American. Okay, okay. Then, then this wouldn't apply to you? Just go to well, your baggage claim as usual. But it's weird that they told you back in December that you had to go to a different place to get your ride share. Yeah, that hit me all confused. <laughs> yeah. And and it's not as though this is public knowledge. Even the, this new change of last Monday was a surprise to the employees at O'Hare Airport that we talked to in Terminal 5. And I'm going to tell a tale out of school. Wow. Uh, the tale out of school is... I would say, well, let's contact somebody from O'Hare. But quite frankly, the PR people from O'Hare have historically, historically for in the of umpteen years that we've been associated with this radio station and beyond, they have been less than forthcoming with a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. So Hopefully. all we knew was a press release that came out uh, saying that last Monday was going to be the big change, and you know the, the questions the. The obvious questions to me were, why? Why would you make them? And and then why would you go so far as to say, in the press release, it said, it will only take you five minutes to make the trip from Terminal 5 to Terminal 2 and go from the arrival to the departure door. No. And and as the the attendant uh, that uh, we were talking with as we were going to the baggage claim, uh, as he said, what about people who have to go to baggage claim first, then they get their baggage, and then they have to somehow get to yes. the other terminal? To and, That's just nuts. And that guy said he had wow. recently worked with somebody who had arrived in this country with like six pieces of luggage. Yeah. He said, now they have to go to a train and then go to <laughs> what? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, and i got to tell you, for anybody who is going to fly, and we think the terminal looks beautiful. They've done a yeah. great job with Terminal 5, and we do use Southwest Airlines. That's what we flew in and out on. Uh, wear your walking shoes. 
Oh it's yeah, a long way. Long. It's a long, long way. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Stephen, Daddy, you are always covering the hottest topics that we need oh, to know, and you're so uh, sweet. we all really appreciate it. Especially, I do too. Well, oh, Laura, thanks a lot. We appreciate you, Laura. We'll be here next week, nine thirty. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, we have to before we take a break. Yes. It is almost time for the last call. And you know what that means? That means you have to be the last caller at 312-981-7200. That number again, 312-981-7200. Could I get any more pukey with that? (laughs) (laughs) If you are the last caller, you will win some goodies from the prize list. You get a retro WGN t-shirt in size large or extra large and you get your very own weather station desktop weather station from american weather makers so last call is coming up that's it time to go home almost time to go home yep yep have a little peanut butter time. time Yep, for some peanut butter toast when we get home. Oh, that that could sound enticing. Some good yeah. cold milk. A glass of absinthe. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Nothing I like don't... absinthe and peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bought it. <laughs> well, if he starts eating blackened toast, I may have to resort to alcohol. That's a gourmet treat. Cajun, Cajun rye toast. toast. Mm-hmm. Blackened yeah. rye bread. Yeah. Yeah. Toasted. Yeah. It's sucking on a charcoal briquette is what it no, looks like. Only the finest at Shea Steve. <laughs> Shea Steve. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> All right. It is the last call time. And what we do for the last call is everybody that calls in is on a line. And without looking at those lines... Andrew tells us how many calls, and we randomly choose a number, because that makes it more fair. Because mm-hmm. everybody called at the same time. And we are We're choosing number 392. That's it. <laughs> it looks a little bit like the number three, but we are taking 392 or three, did you say? Anyway, um, that would be Ms. Michelle, who is our last caller this week. How are you, Michelle? Hey, Michelle. Hi, uh, Stephen Johnny. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those are the correct names. Surprise. <laughs> yes, yeah, so are we. You are the last call. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for years. No, you can stop with the. <laughs> I like the, the the emphasis on the years. It's it's only been back in the days of the uh, crystal sets. It's only been almost forty years, but we were all very young, weren't we? Yes, we were. We were one time. <laughs> I had to be driven to work because I was so young. Yes, me too. And I know you. You had to have permission to stay up late because it was yes, past your now, bedtime. And now I'm up all night long because I don't sleep. Oh, no. There's nothing worse than insomnia. I know, but I sleep good during the day sometimes. And especially those afternoon naps. Oh my God! They're the oh, best. I love them. <laughs> Especially if it's if the sun is coming through the window just the right way, and you feel like an old dog curled yeah. up in the sun. We have a neighbor in Florida. I I was kind of cur- curious because she had a blue light on her porch, 
beautiful blue light, but it would be on during the day. And I think, well, there must be something wrong with her timer. And so I was talking to her. We were pushing the garbage cans out one day, and I said, I like your blue light. It's my favorite color, blue. I said, is there some significance to that? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, all my girlfriends know if the light's on, don't go knocking on my door. I'm napping. <laughs> and that's why it was so on during the, the afternoon. If the blue light's rocking, don't come don't knocking. Don't come knocking. <laughs> and I said, God bless you. That's brilliant. And she said, I like that idea. Yeah, because there's nothing worse. You know, and I love the people who deliver for us, the the FedEx, the UPS, mm-hmm. the U.S. Post Office. But we've got one guy that feels that he has to ring the doorbell. I already know he's here. I recognize the sound of his truck, but he has to ring the doorbell. And it was well, probably just do I, what I do. Our doorbell is broken when we <laughs> haven't gotten it fixed. <laughs> and you say so, right? Who cares? So? <laughs> yeah, and if, if you miss somebody, they text you and say, well, I stopped by, and you say, oh, I had no idea my doorbell's yeah. broken. <laughs> Ours was actually broken. Remember what happened? We we had somebody come in to do uh, work on our furnace, and they disconnected our doorbell. Yeah. And then we, we had to hire an electrician to come out and fix the doorbell. And there was some wiring that was he up on it, the... The basement ceiling that somehow yeah. in doing work on the furnace, they had disconnected the doorbell Because he said wiring. it looked weird. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't need you just turning off wires that look weird to you. So, <laughs> Besides that, if they turned off everything weird in our house, we'd have no house. <laughs> this is true. So. <laughs> well, Michelle, what's on the agenda for Sunday? Uh, nothing. Good. Good for Absolutely you. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Good. Don't you love it when you can say that? Yes, I'm just on a baby watch. I'm going to be a great aunt. Oh, nice. Oh, there's nothing better. Gosh. So it's baby watch time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, we... Somebody asked me the other day, why did you go back to working Saturday nights? I said, so I don't have to do a doggone thing for Sunday or Monday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Our Sunday game plan is uh, the afternoon Orange Julius while we're watching the White Sox game. Yeah, yeah. That's our Sunday game plan. And and then quite frequently in recent weeks, I've said, you know what? (laughs) I think I need a Monday off, too. Yeah. (laughs) So Why not? Yeah, why not? I say go for it. Well, thank you. And, and just for those people who say, what, when is your show going to become a full five-hour show? That will be mid-April because the Blackhawks will be done for right. the season. And then we will be here every Saturday night at 9 o'clock. Whether you want us or not, we'll June. be here oh, right. for the rest of your lives every Saturday night. And, I set my clock on my cell phone so I know what time oh, it is. Well, Michelle, if you will hang on, we're going to get some information, and you're going to get your very own retro WGN T-shirt. And we say it's retro because it's the uh, logo that was used uh, mm-hmm. about 25, 30 years ago. Something it's like that. really cool. Yeah. It was designed by Steve Bertrand's daughter. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to send you out your very own American Weathermakers desktop weather station. Oh, I would love that. All right. That's well, great. Nice talking them. to you, too. Thank you so much. Have a good Sunday, a good, quiet Sunday. You, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hold now. on. We'll get all of your personal information off yes. the air. One thing we did not talk about, hmm. and next week we will have a little bit more time, and we'll set aside some time where we can do this. We, we can just chew the fat. Uh, 
Now, where did the, f- the phrase know. chew the fat come from? This is not a very And when did that become a good thing? <laughs> and fat usually would you, just... would you want to chew the lean? What would you want to be chewing? Cause you fat... wouldn't want to be chewing the cud. No. Fat kind of melts in your mouth, you know? Yeah. That's a weird term, a weird phrase, weird, just weird. <laughs> and again, we're all about the weird. We are. So. Anyway, when we're chewing the fat next week, we'll get back to the subject of the, the terminals, because I think uh, our buddy taxi cab driver, Bob, was yeah. going to enlighten us about some of the things he knows as a as a taxi driver, and he's been one for many, many years. So we'll pick up on that subject next week. And also, when we were talking computers, we did not get on the subject of uh, how to protect your home yeah and it ties in with computers because and that really is an important thing that i would bet 95 percent of the people listening to us right now don't know that there are ways to protect your home home your so someone else doesn't say oh i own that and i can sell it right yeah. out from under you it's a terrifying thought but i'm telling you from our own experience yep. there we were in florida and i heard a truck out front of our house mm-hmm. and then i looked out the window and i said what's that guy doing in our yard and there was a for sale sign in our yard that he said, was, excuse me he was huh, hammering the for sale sign in the ground and i ran out and i said what are you doing and he said, I was told to put the sign here. And I said, at this address? And he said, yes. I said, call someone. And he called his boss and he told his boss that he was here and that the owner was here. And the boss said, no, I have that house. I'm selling it. And he ripped up that sign and he hightailed it out of there. And then I started asking questions and I realized this is a problem that is becoming bigger and yeah. bigger in this country. People who are going to great lengths to get everything that they can get on your property and then selling it out from under you. But there are ways to protect yourself against. So that is one of the things for sure we will talk about next week. We sure will, because it is it it was infuriating. It was scary. It was maddening. So we started doing research on it. And um, Patrick helped us with some of the information talking about how you do it on the computer. But we'll pick up on that next week for sure. And uh, as I said, also next week, we're going to talk since it will be the night before the Oscars. The Oscars. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother Lee will be joining us. And if you don't care about the Oscars, listen to Lee because yeah. the man is amazing when it comes to his really, knowledge really of, of movies. It's crazy. crazy and also good. we're going to talk about uh, foods that are indigenous to Chicago. Yep. Brand new book on that very subject, Made in Chicago, 30 Foods that are Indigenous to Chicago. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And Johnny is spelled J-O-H-N-N-I-E. And you can check out our blog, and that is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And we would like it if you would like both of those uh, things, because uh, if you like us on Facebook, that would be kind of nice. And if you would follow us on our blog, and what happens, for, people wonder, oh, do I have to uh, pay anything? No, you don't have to pay anything. And we don't spam you. The only thing you will receive when you follow us on our blog, you will get an email saying that we've just got mm-hmm. a new blog post up. And if you're not on Facebook, it's it's a great way to follow us. Mm-hmm. And if you want to email us, you can do that anytime. The address really is email us, E-M-A-I-L-U-S, at steveandjohnny.com 
and that's how you can get in touch with us. It's like who's on first. Uh, coming up next uh, will be the Sinatra Hours. And uh, I always enjoy listening to that with Dave Flair. Mm-hmm. So stick around for that. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.